And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is Thursday. That's right, Thursday, March 8th, 2018. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us. We've got a lot of news to get into. One of the things I start off with my morning show today, and I'm, I really want to kind of direct people to the morning show, uh, especially today, because the, um, in fact, I, I was corresponding with, uh, Tracy uh, Beans today, um, this morning, who is extremely, a very good researcher and following the Mueller investigation, of course, the the uh, the coup against Donald Trump, the coup against the election in order to to overturn the election, and I cited a, an article from Conservative Treehouse from a um, uh, author by the pseudonym Sundance, and of course, if you heard my morning show, you know all about this. But uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions yesterday was on uh, Fox News with uh, Shannon Bream and dropped what I would term as a an absolute bombshell. And that is this, uh, Jeff Sessions revealed in an interview that sh- with Shannon Bream that he previously appointed someone that was previously within the Department of Justice, but outside of the uh, swamp, outside of the political swamp, to work alongside Inspector General Michael Horowitz. And it, it, so this is huge. And, and I'm surprised that this is not getting more attention from the media. Now, now here's the landscape, the the, the big picture. And again, I, I directed to uh, Doug Hagman Radio Show, and I know I'm I'm, I'm really promoting my own show uh, in the morning, but but nonetheless, I I cover this in detail. Uh, the entire landscape is that many conservatives, myself included, have been critical of Jeff Sessions for not doing anything. It's like you know, uh, now some have resorted to to name calling uh, uh, Jeff Sessions because of a, his appearance and you know his demeanor and such. And, and I don't agree with that. But but all of that said, what he said yesterday was, hey, I already appointed a, a, a special investigator, a special. I'll use the term special prosecutor, but understand that to mean an, an investigator with arrest authority with uh, authority to cut deals and to cause deals to you know to create proffers and such um, in other words uh, the, the legal term for um, uh, really making people talk so I said all that to say this you've got this this landscape of criminality out there you've got five at least five people still working with or for the Department of Justice from Bruce Orr to Peter Strzok to some of the familiar names that we've, we've spoken about before of course that falls under the purview of Michael Horowitz now the Office of the Inspector General who's already gone through 1.2 million documents and again uh, Tracy Bean's great investigative reporter has gone through this as well the, the bombshell here is again, people have said, well, Michael Horowitz is just very limited, narrow focus to those people still in the employ of the Department of Justice. 
But what Jeff Sessions reportedly did by his own admission yesterday for the first time ever, and this is a bombshell, is he appointed an investigative or a prosecutor to work uh, in tandem with with Michael Horowitz. So what that what, what happens so here? When it was expands. Well, no. The, okay, as to when? Okay, this is from Jeff Sessions speaking yesterday to right. Shannon Bream. When you when you read the article at Conservative Treehouse from Sundance and you start looking into his comments and then work backwards, you've got to, you've got to use multiple sources to kind of piece this together. The appointment appears to have been sometime either in July or August of 2017. So you've had, in addition to Michael Horowitz drilling down into the Department of Justice and, and FBI, the criminality and the unethical behavior, you've got a prosecutor working in tandem with with Horowitz, multiplying the force and creating this. Absolute um, dynamic here, where Michael Horowitz. I, I found some things. I need to get it to DOJ. Well, I've got I've got a guy right here that I can give it to, and that man can bring people in. Yeah, so he's got arrest powers and he's he a fully commissioned. Yes, oh, absolutely. So, so he's so, got prosecutorial powers, he powers does. of, he does. of yeah. subpoena, arrest, yeah. and okay. So look, but, folks, pay attention to this. Really, why has this not been in okay. the news? Because because and that's the beauty of this. Because legitimate investigations, you don't go out yelling, "Hey, look, you know this is what we're doing." Uh, any, and by the way, the uh, no, but with the leaks, no, no. See, the, 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 but where are the leaks from? That's the leaks are from the Obama people, the the uh, the Adam Schiffs of the world. Those are where the leaks leakers are from. So you've got Jeff Sessions handling this in the way it should be handled. And remember, just and those people who watch television programs and uh, movies and read books or. Better yet, those people who are in law enforcement, you know, just as I do, you know that they always hold something back. Uh, there, there's always something held back, especially in a major investigation, specifically murders, but on other investigations, there's all, there's, all, there's always a, a tidbit of information that's held back. So here's, the, here's really the, uh, the scope of this. And again, I mentioned Tracy Beans. You know her. She's a fabulous, uh, and I, I'm telling you, she's got a great, great, uh, linear and analytical mind. So, Tracy, if you're listening, you know what, if you're, Tracy, I'll tell you what, if you're listening, send John a text. Just say you're, uh, you're listening. But anyway, uh, it is, I just, I want to see, it's going to be kind of funny. But, uh, when, when I, when I communicate with Tracy, she, she was like, wow, this changes everything. And, and again, she's got a great analytical mind. But, but Joe, here, here here's the, here's the deal. Now, here's what we're seeing. You, you, you got a lot of people with, and I said this this morning, with poopy pants. I really believe this. Because here's, um, here's, I have my notes on that. I'm actually going 21st century here, okay? I actually have some notes I've written on, on the computer. Now, do you use, uh, Microsoft Word? Do you use the sticky notes? Program? I use, uh, I use the... Word Perfect. Is that, or what is that? Uh, what is that? <laughs> what's, what's the matter, Eric? <laughs> yeah, Word Perfect. Uh, what is uh, Windows 95. Is that, is that okay? <laughs> Windows 3.0. No, no, no. I, I just wonder because I like this little sticky note program that they oh, have on. I, yeah, I've got all kinds of sticky notes everywhere. But but look, <laughs> stop it now. Okay, for, so for, have for those. Okay, yeah, I've got notes, and I'm gonna. Okay, um, <laughs> I still use it daytime or two, so, so leave me alone. Um, all right, uh, you've got. Uh, go, go back to July, August, 2017. You, you've got this, these text messages from Struck and Page being released. And isn't that kind of funny? Like, why, why then? Why them? Why then? And who did the releasing? And, and the way I look at it is things sometimes in investigation, sometimes things are exactly what they are, exactly what they appear to be. You know, there's no, it, it, they just are that way. 
And then sometimes leaks are done or things are said or certain things are, are done in a way that kind of send a uh, kind of a message. And I think this is one of those times. Not that doesn't happen too often, but this this kind of would happen. Um, the leaks were actually controlled leaks, and Hor- well, Horowitz had this information. Horowitz was the one who actually uncovered those text messages in the massive amount of documentation. So, so you're talking about controlled leaks of certain uh, struck messages. Yes. In other words, this 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 was a uh, deliberate right because deliberate we, leak. we got a few of those, um, <coughs> and then you a few days after you you saw a few of the text messages, you got right. a page of you know uh, uh, twenty or thirty of them. Then yes. they found the next batch, and you got you know uh, five or ten different singled out messages. Then they had the release of of the rest of them. So that's what you're talking about. It's controlled. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, yes. But but the beauty part about this is Jeff Sessions, who who is operating the Department of Justice in the way it should be run, because don't forget, eight years and even longer, but but specifically eight years of of Obama, of the lawless nature of the Department of Justice and the FBI, the politicization of the Hold FBI it. and Department of Justice. So now all of a sudden we're playing by the the real rules, and that you don't talk about ongoing investigations. So that, that's kind of what what where we're at. So it, it, people have a tendency to think, well, if if you don't hear about it, it doesn't exist. If you don't, if, if they don't say an investigation is going on, that doesn't exist. Well, why announce the investigation when you've got the element of surprise behind you? So this is the this is the key. Now, last night, dropping that bombshell, I played a, like a five second clip that that money quote, and then the longer one minute uh, segment that's relevant to this. And if you look at what what he said, uh, he's already got a, a prosecutor in place working with Michael Horowitz. But now, what does that mean? The uh, uh, and, and think about this. The Office of the Inspector General, Michael Horwitz, has an obligation to notify his superiors, notify his boss when, in fact, um, he finds illegal activity. But he doesn't have the arrest powers. He doesn't have the, the ability to compel uh, subpoenas or uh, the investigative uh, uh, mandate outside of the, his, his purview, which is the DOJ and FBI. And, by the way, Horwitz has got upwards of 500 employees working for him. Now, think about that, 500 people working for him. All right, so the same people under investigation within the IG purview are cooperating, appear at least apparently, with the Inspector General. And this is where it gets really interesting. This co- this cooperation in combination with the likelihood of, of criminal conduct would require somebody at Horowitz's side to enforce the law. And this is where Sessions put in that the uh, Washington outsider, former federal prosecutor or former DOJ person. So this and, is not a conflict. For, I mean, we, we know Jeff Sessions has recused himself from anything related to the Russia probe and the, the Mueller. This has nothing to do with the Russia probe. And, well, yeah. but he has stated in interviews prior when talking about the FISA abuse that he can't comment on it because of his recusal. R- right. And I, th- I think we have to look at the, um, Look at his his statements. Kind of very. We have to parse what he's saying, because I think he's very carefully placed by the rules. But right. But okay. my question is, is if he's in his uh, recusal status, if he's legally allowed to appoint that, if he did appoint. A, a oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh, when I say when you say special prosecutor, I mean a. By the way, a special prosecutor, not a special prosecutor, but a special prosecutor. Okay, so a, a prosecutor who's working specifically for okay. this this purpose. And, and you think about this, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Bruce Nelly, or Bill Prestap have quotes that appeared inside the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence of the memos there. 
And I didn't catch this. Again, uh, CTH uh, Sundance caught this. And, and when I went back to look, I thought, wow, this is interesting because how did these quotes get in there? These quotes came from the investigative interviews, although no com- no congressional committee uh, or congressional person interviewed them. So how did the quotes, the investigative quotes, get in the Nunes memo, for example? Uh, good point, good question. So when you go back and look, okay, it looks like it came from Horowitz and the special prosecutor that Nunes was able to extract or grab from the DOJ prosecutor. I'm not going to say special prosecutor. I'm going to say DOJ prosecutor. How's that? Okay. All right. So it explains why um, certain people would not have been would not have given interviews to congressional committees because the DOJ prosecutor had already interviewed them, and they've got them where they want them. And I, I like the, again, in the citing the conservative triage article, uh, citing a law enforcement source, and this is right on the money. This is absolutely right on the money. Listen to this quote. Um, as a person familiar with such investigative, investigative measures recently shared, speaking of people like the five people mentioned, you've got, uh, uh, Strzok and Page and Orr and perhaps Orr and, uh, Baker and Priestap, all, all within the FBI DOJ. DOJ prosecutor sat him down and uh, brought him in maybe to a room one day and said, here's the deal. We got you. They are sat down. They're told not to do anything, say anything, or discuss anything until they get an attorney. Until they get an attorney. At which time the attorney is handed a piece of paper from the investigative unit. The letter to the attorney says basically, hey, you know what? Guess what? Your client's screwed, man. Your client is up the river. We got your client. Now, you got a couple of choices. If you want to be less screwed, I'm quoting the CTH article here, you're going to sign this letter of cooperation and assist us. When we don't need you, you just sit there and look pretty, basically. When we do need you, we'll call you, and you will provide what we need. And by the way, if you deviate from that process, guess what? The full force of the law is going to be, is going to hit you. So, um, that's what we're looking at. Well, I hope you're right on this, and I hope <clears throat> I, I, it, that some the evidence is there. I mean, so what, what? What do you expect as far as this investigation is going to take its course? But uh, when but the here, first thing to drop in the media, what's going to be an indictment? No, a, uh, the Inspector General report is going to come out first, and I think that is going to lead to um, the note notification, basically. Of uh, the prosecutor has been or the DOJ prosecutor has been in place. So what we're going to do is we're going to um, there's going to be some indictments, and indictments, uh, you know, of probably some mid-level, so you to upper tier officials within the DOJ and FBI. The Inspector General will release the report, then you will see indictments. IG report first, and now this is a separate report from the Hillary Clinton email investigation, the handling of the Hillary Clinton email uh, investigation uh, into the FBI's handling. Yeah, there's overlap. There is overlap, and there is will it be a separate report. I think it'll be a section or subsection of the larger report. Because don't forget, uh, Michael Horowitz, OIG, has gone over 1.2 million documents, and that's a lot of documents. And again, he's got 500 people, upwards of 500 people working for him. Uh, that's just one IG, and that's for the DOJ and the FBI. So you're looking at um, this investigative team and the Department of Justice prosecutor with sworn statements and testimony. That's that's uh, really okay. They've, they've, so you have, I've said all that to say the bottom line is to just wait until uh, just wait until you know we see what the IG says, and we'll know more after that happens. 
And uh, we have a few pieces of news. One from the National yeah. Review. Second special counsel, uh, Jeff Sessions, seriously considering a and, and second. That, that was the interview in, in which this was no, announced. Counsel he's going to consider it. But but if he has a Joe, if he has a, if he's got a Department of Justice prosecutor, uh, the second spe- or secondary special counsel would act more of a political figure as opposed to an investigative figure. Okay. And really, is it needed? I'll consider it. And that that was the other half of the remark. And I thought. Well, then why do you still have Republicans? Uh, and there's multiple articles here from Politico, CNN, uh, just another Jones from three hours ago. The GOP chairman call on Sessions to appoint second special counsel. Top Republicans urge Sessions right. to appoint special counsel to probe FBI. So they want that ceremonial special counsel as opposed uh, to the prosecutor. Well, uh, they want both. Or they don't know about the prosecutor. Okay. Donald Trump doesn't even know about the prosecutor, and, and you, you might say, "Well, how does that even work?" Because I, it, it's it's Washington for crying out loud. So if Sessions brought in a prosecutor to work, and, and I believe this to be the case, to work with Horowitz, that is think about the investigations we do. Uh, we have, uh, we, you know, we've done. You work for a specific client. Who outside of the client and the attorney? knows about that and it's the same case same case here they're not going to go off and tell the congressional committees necessarily uh what's going on because it's an internal and doj investigation we're so used to the obama people throwing everything out there and getting leaks and getting reports from leaks that it's that's that's a broken system this is the way the system should operate and this is a good article did you post this on hagman report the uh, Attorney General Sessions confirms prior appointment. Uh, I'll post it. Uh, you know you what? Haven't. I'm not even sure. Because uh, Sessions in here, there's a, a transcript just real quick of what he has said. I have appointed a person outside of Washington many years in the Department of Justice to look at all the allegations that the House Judiciary Committee members sent to us, and right. we're conducting that investigation. So... Well, again, th- th- this is not something that Devin Nunes necessarily or even Donald Trump would be privy to or should be privy to. When you, when you conduct an investigation, you conduct it properly and you let it run its course. It doesn't, it's not politicized as were the investigations done by the Obama regime, Hillary Clinton, um, and the, uh, Strzok and Pages of the world and the others, you know, other people of the world. So this it, it so it almost seems like well, what's going on you know because after 8 years of the, of the of the crap that we've seen suddenly now it's uh it's back to normal or it's back to the way it should be so that's that's all i'm saying well i hope you're right i hope uh the conservative treehouse is right and i hope that there are uh, and is things being done behind the scenes to get this ball rolling yeah, because but, we've talked about the it, it's not necessarily behind the scenes it's just not being broadcast that's all well, I think it needs to be broadcast as well. Uh, it would be. It would be. It would, you have to understand. I mean, the evidence is out there. It's not like these people can can cover up, uh, you know, what's already been exposed. They have to know that they've been caught red-handed. Oh, sure. Those people that need to know and and are, are ripe to flip have known or do know. But again, you don't talk. Or that violates your your the proffer that violates the the agreement. Right, you're not supposed to talk about ongoing investigations and criminal investigations. Sessions has said that many times, and that just kind of tie this into more confirmations of of what Devin Nunez confirmed in the FISA memo that he released is an article uh, on Hagman Report about more confirmation of Nunez memo. Steele was source of Yahoo article, and I know you talked about this several times. 
there was a journalist who was given information that was uh, sourced by Christopher Steele in the dossier, and he wrote for Yahoo News. And uh, what's his name? I, I have the name in my head, but I want to say a Ignatius? separate name. Who are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Ignatius? Is that it? From where? From, from Yahoo News. Oh, I don't I, know I, if he's... Um, I'm trying to remember now. Okay. So, anyway, uh, another claim of the House Intelligence Committee's FISA abuse memo, House Intelligence Committee's FISA abuse memo authored by Nunez has confirmed to be true. That claim is when the FBI and DOJ cited a Yahoo News article as part of a warrant application to conduct surveillance on Trump campaign advisor Carter Page those agencies deliberately misled the court and abused the FISA process. What they did is they used a Yahoo News article, which they themselves gave the author the information right, from the Steele dossier circular to confirm yeah. uh, the warrant yeah. as uh, almost as additional evidence to the dossier. But when exactly. the dossier was the source of the whole thing, right? And right. you, you talk about this, we, we, but this we, is this is this is confirmed and it's being reported now in all the. Welcome to the party, folks. Outlets. I mean, th- this has been, look. And so when I say evidence out in the open, this is more of what I'm talking okay. about. Okay, but, but, right. It, so, so with, with what I'm referring to is this, the step that apparently, um, that Jeff Sessions took back in Ju- uh, July or August or, or around that time, where realizing Horowitz had found illegal or criminal activity. What does Horowitz do? He's got to go to his boss because he doesn't have the arresting authority. It would be like, me as a licensed investor without uh, 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 arresting powers, you've got to take it to the district attorney on the local level. Um, or, or, or Michael Isakoff. So, so, okay, Isakoff. All right, so from Yahoo News. Mm-hmm. All right, so Horowitz having this evidence, and ample evidence of criminal uh, criminal action by people such as Page and uh, allegedly by Page and uh, Prestep and, and uh, Strzok and everyone, so what does he do? He needs to go to his boss, uh, Jeff Sessions, who is the attorney general over the, the, the main man over the FBI and DOJ. So what does Sessions do? He's only got really, a, he's only got one choice, and that is to grab someone to work with Horowitz or independent of Horowitz, but in this case work with Horowitz because Horowitz has already done the bulk of the investigation. And that gives Horowitz the ability to turn to the DOJ official or the DOJ prosecutor and say, "Okay, we need to, we need to flip this guy. We need to arrest this person and flip him. We need to look at this person over here." And this is what has been happening for the last several months. And and quite frankly, um, Sessions hasn't said a word about this, nor should he have, because there's it's an ongoing investigation. So you don't talk about that. So I hope it's clear. No, it, uh, it is. You know, and, and with the other, with regard to the other stuff, that's all just window dressing, smoke and mirror stuff that uh, we're seeing. Well, if you're like me, you're impatient and you're 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 watching as well. You should be as well day as everyone. Day, you know, these, this criminality being exposed, the sedition and, and treason against the office of the president, and you see nothing happening. And we talk about it constantly. You have Strauch and, uh, and Rosenstein still working in the FBI, still working in the DOJ. And, and, and it, the, I, okay, that's one thing I want to mention. You, so hey, the, the, that, that's not by—I I don't believe that's by accident because by Strzok and Page working in the FBI and DOJ, that tells me, and Orr still in the DOJ being demoted twice, that tells me that they want to keep them under the IG's purview or control, and perhaps they have already. Again, you sit there, you, you warm the seat, you shut your mouth. We'll get to you when it's time. 
that's kind of what that tells me. Now they could, they could quit, but in fact, if you've been demoted a couple of times and you're a pariah within your own agency, why wouldn't you quit? Why wouldn't you move on? Well, because you really can't in this case because, ooh, I got caught, you know, over here. And that's what we're looking at, Joe. So it makes sense now to me in a number of levels. And when you start taking pieces from other puzzles or other puzzle pieces and fitting them into the larger puzzle, all of a sudden, oh, wow, wait a minute, is this really happening? And I think it is, and you're going to see a bombshell, uh, a series of bombshells. But there's also that preparation, that that, that fertilizing the ground that needs to be made. in the Because you, you remember, we're talking about a country that's, that's sorely divided. So, uh, and I think that there's adults that are looking at this and saying, well, we gotta be careful because, you know. You know, that, that's all well and good, but to me, there's no, there's no place for that kind of mindset. There's no place. So, so you'd rather see, okay, I, I let, let's have a whole, care let's have a whole flipping thing burned down. It's not about, it's not about hurt feelings. It's about, it's about the, so it's about the country. Delayed, it's about the, the supposed to delay justice to, to Okay, so, so let me get this straight. It's never going to happen. I don't care. It's all talk. Then what the hell are we doing here? No, but what I'm saying is, I don't understand the mentality. It's like you have a criminal who robbed a bank, and, and should we arrest him tomorrow? No, it's not convenient. His mother might. We're not you know. talking about one bank robbery. No, We're talking about a series of criminal activity, and and the, the swamp is so deep and has been existent for so long. But if it's going to happen, okay. So so let's just screw it. Screw the tactics. Let's go out and just arrest everybody, and uh, let the let the big fish go. No, no. What I'm saying is, you do the investigations properly, but there should never be a consideration as to. Uh, you know, you, you don't rush the investigations. You gather the evidence. You, you go through the process. But when that's done, I mean, there, there's you're, you're going to have to drop the hammer on these people at some point in time. And I think, you know, sparing people the oh, you're going after the political enemies. If you have the evidence, if you've done the investigation, all I mean, they're going to say that anyway. So it, it's, in my opinion, you know, you, you, things like there's no place for for a, a mentality like that. In an investigation, like I, and I'm not saying there is. I, I'm saying that it takes a while. Look, you've had eight plus years of, of in, ingrained these 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 criminal bastards ingrained in the system, and, and you've eight plus years of this, and you have systemic abuse, systemic corruption. You've got to root out the entire. Uh, corruption. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you don't just pick off one or two, throw them in cuffs, perp walk them. No, you go after the whole thing. I mean, no, one point million, one point two million documents is a hell of a lot of documents to go through, and it does, it's going to take more than a day. So, no, I, and I believe me, the Department of Justice is not wanting that. They've got no no designs on pleasing your impatience or, or satisfying my impatience. No, I, and I agree with that absolutely. We're up against the break. We're going to continue this discussion on the other side. You're listening to this Thursday edition of the Hagman Report. Don't go anywhere. Back in our seats after wrestling, after wrestling here. Uh, 
Now, as I saw a comment go by saying, you know, they've had the uh, since the 1980s to arrest Hillary Clinton for her criminal behavior. That's true. Uh, absolutely, want, that statement I cannot, in my view, cannot see. Uh, I, I don't have a. There's no. There's no better statement than that. But here's the thing: if the just remember Buford Posser, remember that movie. Who do you go to when the entire upper tier is corrupt? It could be, and it's corrupt through multiple administrations. Don't forget, this is not a Republican-Democrat thing. This is a, this is a us versus them thing. This is we're special. So I just want to address that uh, because now of the change, and it may seem like a um, oh, kind of not not a, that big of a drastic change, but because of the change, don't forget you've got three uh, three congressional committees the uh, House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence you've got the House Intelligence Committee and the Senate Judiciary Committee looking at this and you've got uh, some um, uh, it, that, that even then it's still partisan uh, partisan uh, uh, sides but that that's eroding so now you've got something totally different um, the a, a different group of people yeah and I know those people you say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay, that, that's fine. I, and I'm right there with you. It's long past due when these people should be frog marched, all of them. But, again, this is the first, go ahead and take this. But this is the first clue. This is the first overt announcement that, hey, there's a prosecutor working with Horowitz. Horowitz is unchanged. Yeah, Horowitz might have, might have some baggage. It might be an Obama, uh, appointee. He might have gone in there in that fashion, but 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 just give him the benefit of the doubt, especially after. Just imagine this: I'll select you, and and, and I'll put you in this position. You can do whatever you want. Okay, fine, thank you. Oh, now that you're in this position, hey, you're handcuffed. You're gonna do what I say, and um, you've got the benefits. You get the job. You're gonna do what I say. Okay, then the new new administration comes in and says, "Well, what have you been doing all this time?" Oh, I've been I, I've been basically handcuffed. So they unhandcuff him, and he goes out and does the job, despite party affiliation and despite appointment. This is the evolution that we're seeing over the over time. So while eighties, yeah, absolutely, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on from Whitewater, which was a thing, and of course the the special counsel um, who drifted from Whitewater to Lewinsky and uh, uh, Linda Tripp. So. Uh, but, 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 so, again, I, I, I would urge just everyone to pay attention to this. And now if this, for whatever reason, doesn't work out, then get PO'd, then get peeved. I, I'm okay with that. And, and break out the pitchforks and torches. I'll be right there with you. But seeing what I saw yet, or hearing what I saw, or hearing what I heard yesterday, and reading what I read, and then looking back at the last several months, I'm thinking, oh, that's why. Okay, that makes sense. And again, 30 years of investigative experience. I know you hate when I say that, but uh, 30 plus years. I look, I, I kind of get the feel for these investigations and how they work on the inside. So this is not that bad. Um, this could very well be that that nugget that we've been looking for. So hold out and, and continue to follow this. Um, so I want to say that. And um, I, again, I, I go through this on my morning show this morning. So uh, if you like that, post it elsewhere and have at it. Joe, go ahead. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to dig into the uh, article that you referenced in this Jeff Sessions 
uh, well, statement. I, I played the I played this the song clip. On and my I, show. I will go back and listen to the uh, show you did today because I do want to have a, a better understanding of what's going on. But you know, one thing that that strikes me about what we were talking about the last segment about the the reaction of people, it seems that one of the most popular things President Trump said during the campaign trail was "lock her up." And you had a, a country, many in the country. I mean, they were making bumper stickers and T-shirts, yeah, yeah. And, you know, holding up signs. They were even yelling at at her, lock her up at her own rallies. So I don't think you know you you'd see the um, okay. backlash. No, no, Obama. Uh, wait a, wait a second. Wait a second. Story, uh, okay. But I think people are upset. The people who voted for Trump are already wondering why she's not yet in handcuffs, why this hasn't happened. I, I agree with that. And I, I think maybe, I, I do agree with the distinction you made between Obama and Clinton, but even Clinton, right now, the country, the, our country is so fractured. And if you were in that position of responsibility at 70 years old, think about this now. You've got you've got some wisdom behind you. Um, you've got some, you, you kind of know how things are. Maybe even, maybe somebody sat you down, a few people sat you down and talked to you and said, look, this here's the way the system works. Um, but can you imagine the division that Donald Trump would uh, continue to exacerbate with uh, a, a Clinton lockup. Now, I'm not saying that shouldn't happen, yeah. but they, no, I mean no, that division is going to be there regardless. And yes, but, but you're, how you're, many cities would burn? And, and it's just, do you want to be known as the? As the no, I'm not. Again, it doesn't I'm not matter what he this. does. I'm not that would this. that would hit them much closer to home. What you're saying, they would it would become much. They'd become much more hateful, much more vengeful much angrier than they already are but they're going to attack him and and you know lie about him and throw him under the bus at every chance they they can and i see just you know articles here even the view today we need a smoking gun to impeach trump this is what they've been this is all the left is trying agree. to do is get rid of him yes. whether he arrests hillary clinton or not and if he does and and, and he does what he said he was going to do during his campaign yes that's more ammo in their uh in their arsenal to, to say or try to make the case that Trump is some kind of, you know, imperial dictator. But who cares what they say? These people are lunatics. They've lost their mind. They have no sense of common sense or reality at this point. And they're just, you know, rabid lunatics at this point. So I, told, I really I, I, don't look, care I, what I they say. You. No, I, I agree with that. But do you want to be known as, if you were in that presidential seat, do you want to be known as the man who caused uh, really the second civil war. Civil well, would that be his cause for, for holding somebody accountable it, it, for the crimes they Perception to these snowflakes and to some of the people, perception is reality. Is there reality? Perception is reality. And, and it, so, and I'm not saying don't do it because of that. I'm not saying it shouldn't be done. All I'm saying is um, perhaps we have people actually weighing in the balance what could so, well, however, on the other hand, on the other hand, the band-aid off all at once, right, you know, right. get it to get it out of the way. I get that. But what but Joe, what if this? What what if the preparation what if the uh the Horowitz uh um uh report comes out and there is a, a, an incredible indictment of of Clinton as well as even Obama because this is, this goes right to Obama. What if the indictment is 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 undeniable? What if this report is is published and lays the groundwork for exactly what you're talking about? Oh, well, and I would I can see that being a possibility with Hillary Clinton, not so much with Obama, but I'll say this: <laughs> How many times has she been caught red-handed committing multiple felonies and having multiple investigations follow those felonies? But and again, how many Buford, times has she look, been look, go back to Buford Pusser movie. I get that, but who was in charge? It was the holders right. of the world. It was the lynchers well, of the world. Well, that's what gives us the optimism more. Right. So now. 
than any other time in the past, and that's why we want to see this happen as soon as possible after the, I mean, how much more information do we need, at least as far as the email investigation and the FBI's collusion with the Clinton camp in clearing and exonerating her of those crimes, those crimes that are obvious and provable to any and everybody. I mean, just that alone should, she should be held accountable. I mean, and then I, I totally on top agree of the, whatever I, comes I, down 100%. from these investigations and any other corruptions that she's been involved in. But no, I, I, she needs look, to be arrested. She needs to be perp walked. And, and, and if it takes the country to its knees, so be it. it I, I, I agree with that. But mitigate that as yeah. well. Okay. Let, let's, I mean, you uh, don't mitigate. Push, don't push to, to burn the place down while you're doing it. Right. You, you, you want the opposite. You want to, in a, in a, where you don't have, you know, riots breaking out. But I, I find but it even, very hard it, to believe that anybody would riot, uh, if Hillary Clinton got arrested. I mean, they wouldn't even show up to their, her rallies when she was in their city. So I don't uh, think. Well, I, I know, but there still would be that, that element out there that I think. So, so look, all, all together, let due process take its course for a little bit while longer. Let's see what, uh, Horowitz has got to say. Let's, let's see if in fact Sessions was being genuine when he said he had a prosecutor. Um, that's been working with basically with Horowitz. I'm paraphrasing now, and let's see what happens from this. It's again, don't forget, it's only been one year, four hundred and some odd days that this whole process has been in pro- progress. So, uh, and you've got a whole. It's like walking into the skyscraper, and everyone, every office in that in the, in the building is filled with these with these criminals what do you do you're surrounded by this so you've got to be smart about it and and it's going to take more and and that whole skyscraper has had really uh, a half a century to get filled up with these with these criminals Uh, and don um, donald trump is an outsider and president trump comes in being an outsider not not i'm not talking about dnr republican democrat i'm talking about Globalist versus, you know, yeah. So this, uh, so okay. And Sessions has been part of the, uh, both in and out, I think, has got one foot in and out of the swamp, but, uh, when all. Easy establishment. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I see, I see that. But, um, but see, this is the kind of thing, by the way, because the very people who are, and I'm going to say this flat out, and, you know, I've had a, I've, I'm going to tell you, I, this has not been a good day. Um, this has been a trying day because you've got a bunch of morons out there, um, you know, attempting to, continuing to try to shut us down and shut our mouths and shut us up. Let me tell you something. I'm not going to shut up ever. I'm not going to, what's that? They're doing a bad job. They're doing a bad job because it's only, it's only forcing me to have more resolve. So I'm saying to you out there, uh, and you know who I'm talking to. Okay, I will never shut up. You will not shut me up. You will not shut down this this radio operation. Don't even try. You keep trying. And see, it's the people who are associated with the Clinton Global Initiative. It's the people who have ties to Clinton. It's the people who've got ties to the 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 the, the trip uh, trip and uh, that segment. All right, who've got no business sticking their nose into what we do. Okay, I'm talking to you out there, and the people who who take this these programs and to make endless transcripts and send them off and 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 attempt to shut us down. Let me tell you something right now. Okay, that that crap is over. We are on the offensive, like it or not. Take that to your attorney. Take We're that. Take that to the our court. Own shows now. <laughs> right. Oh man, did you catch what I said? We're, we're transcribing our own shows now. We're going. And you, yeah, you, you, you want the transcriptions? <laughs> you're going to pay for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a uh, blog talk offers that service. You can 
pay extra every show to get that transcribed. Well, moving on here in the uh, to some other news with concerning Jeff Sessions. This uh, two things. One, we've been talking about the battle of the federal government versus the state of California over immigration and the mayor of Oakland warning the uh, of the impending ICE raids. Also, interesting, this story, uh, I want to thank John and one of the commenters on the open thread you started today for pointing us in this direction. Yeah, you want to talk about that open thread. Just tell people what, and, and please kind of keep it up, so okay, so, up parameters. Go ahead. So what Eric has done on the website Hagman Report, he set up uh, the website so we have basically two sections of content, and there it is up on the screen. The one section there where you see exclusive reports are original reports written by authors like Peter Chowka, myself, my father, and the other section is curated news, uh, news that we find interesting that we post. I, I uh, don't from like other that sources. word. The curation is selective curation, right. I suppose. Okay, it's it's stuff that right. we're working I, stuff on. Stuff that I I talk about on the Daily Show, thing, things that I think are important that other people will want to see, and that goes in the other in other news section. But the exclusive reports are is all original content. But in that, each morning there is an article titled "Open Thread," where any thoughts of the day, any interesting stories. If you have something to say, you come in and you leave a comment. And it's interactive not only with us, but other people who frequent the website and listen to the show. And today somebody said, you know, there's an article out there that I haven't seen anybody talking about. Can you guys, you know, do something with it? So I, I posted the article, which is as follows. Linda Sassour arrested at Paul Ryan's office. Muslim American leaders have been arrested at the U.S. Capitol while urging Congress to stand against President Donald Trump's effort to end a program that protects certain young immigrants. Then it goes through a host of names. All are part of Council of American Islamic Relations, known as CARE, and Linda Sassour advocating immigration reform before getting arrested Monday. The protesters participated in an act of civil disobedience at the office of the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Paul Ryan demanding that he meet them to hear their concerns. Anyway, this was a, a protest on immigration on DACA, and this was uh, a political stunt by Linda Sarsour and some members of CARE. Now, is this news? Yes, it's news. But she did this on purpose to get arrested, to make it news, to make it look as though, you know, she is standing up for the rights of the the immigrants, the DACA and we have had um, movement, as we talked about, a federal judge in Maryland ruling that the Trump administration is allowed to end the DACA program. And one of the interesting things, uh, two interesting things that was in the news yesterday. Don't, don't go too far from Linda or sir. Uh-huh. Okay, I just wanted to mention Hannity had interviewed Univision's uh, R- uh, Ramos, Jorge Ramos, the big anti-Trump uh, pro-immigration guy. And that was a very interesting interview. And then also, uh, I forgot where else I was going to go there, but Sassour, the, the protest uh, here, what's interesting is what, what Sassour is usually involved in Islamic-related issues, political issues, you know, uh, Islamophobia, standing up for terrorists and whatnot. What's she doing with, uh, you know, protesting for DACA? It, 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 it's look, it's all related, all right? Just to give you a rundown, I don't know how deep you want to get into Linda Sorsor, but she, well, she's she's born in eighty in Brooklyn. All right, she's a Palestinian American community activist, 
She served as executive director for the Arab American Association of New York uh, since 2005. She's a board member of the Muslim Democratic uh, Club of New York and a member of the Justice League New York City. Okay, so that kind of gives you an idea of who Linda Sersor is. And she's an anti-Semite. She is a, uh, she's an, a, a feminist, uh, she's an anti-feminist, anti, really anti-freedom person dressed up as a, uh, pro-civil rights person, yeah. which is just crazy. And, um, she appeared, by the way, uh, there's a 2008 question and answer session at New York University with White House terrorism advisor at that time, John Brennan, later CIA director, Muslim convert. And, uh, she, Sassour lamented, um, uh, about a number of things that are, were anti-Muslim. And this woman is to me, you gotta be better, you gotta really watch her. Um, she, she supports the boycott and divestment program. Uh, she's big uh, on Planned Parenthood. Against, against, uh, against Israel. Big on Planned Parenthood. Big on the, um, uh, supporting really all jihad bombers. Yeah. ISIS supporters and uh, terrorist supporters. Yeah. But what I wanted to say with the, the Jorge Ramos yeah. interview on Sean Hannity and right after that piece, you're going to have to find it. Sean Hannity did another piece, which is part of an article from the Daily Caller that talks about the illegal aliens that were targeted in this ice raid in California where the mayor of Oakland intervened and warned uh, locals there of the impending raids, letting hundreds of them uh, uh, flee capture. And it, this wasn't just a, and I'm learning, I learned more about this from listening to Hannity show on the way in. This wasn't a raid just going after illegal immigrants. These were illegal immigrants who had, had committed crimes on top of being illegal immigrants. And because of the mayor of Oakland's action, a number of wanted felons, for anybody from, there, there's child molesters to people who are wanted for murder, uh, aggravated assault, and on, you know, just every, any and everything you can imagine that went free because of this. And the Daily Caller has an article out, uh, highlighting some of these cases. And they talk about the, uh, the people who were targeted and who were able to evade capture mainly because of the mayor of Oakland. And they talk about, uh, some of these people like a convicted sex offender, a, uh, Mexican man who was deported a number of times only to come back and be convicted of lewd acts with a child under 14. And he evaded capture. And then there's others here as well. The article in the Daily Caller is meet some of the criminal illegal, Cal- illegal aliens California has set free. And I would urge people to go find that piece on YouTube with Sean Hannity and him going over those statistics because right. they're so eye-opening. And John raised the question on the Daily Show today. He said, when we were talking about this issue and amnesty versus the pathway to citizenship and legal legal immigration, he said, you know, what about a, a guy who's lived here for 20 years, he's here illegally, he's working two jobs, and, you know, should we just arrest him and, and send him back? And obviously, you know, this gets into the, the merit-based immigration and uh, how to handle these delicate situations. But I think we can all agree that when going after illegal immigrants who are or have committed other crimes who are still here, un, you know, uh, free to do as they please, anybody who is found helping assist them evade capture from ICE should be charged themselves, meaning the Oakland mayor should be charged here, I believe, especially when you go over the numbers of who they were targeting. Now, now that, I, again, I have no, uh, I have no problem with that whatsoever. You break federal law. This is, and so many people are trying to take, make this a state's rights issue. It's not. 
And you've got the Constitution, which trumps everything. Right. If it violates the Constitution, you can't. Right. That's States' the, rights is, uh, is irrelevant. Well, yes. And it's, it, go back to Civics 101, but, or History and Civics 101, Government Studies. But yes, that, that's true. So, but it, it, with respect to this, isn't it interesting? And, and this kind of leads, segues into California. Um, one thing I found very interesting with respect to immigration, immigration enforcement talk and all that is how Jeff Sessions, and I'm not sticking up for him as I'm just remarking about his, what he did. Remember when Obama was in office and, uh, California asserted or the federal government said, well, uh, uh, the federal government, the California cannot unilaterally go after the, uh, the law enforcement in California can't can't go after the illegals. The federal government stepped in to make sure that wouldn't happen. So what Sessions did was flip that with his latest remarks. By the way, I know I kind of went off off on a tangent there, but think mm-hmm. about that. You know, so this is happening elsewhere, especially with the DACA and the illegals. It's um, so, so there's a kind of a street fight going on, and, and Donald Trump is one thing, and he's a street fighter. Well, listen to this. This is uh kind of along the same lines we're talking about you know the judicial activism and really how uh judges have just you know i would say gone so far outside of their jurisdictions with in getting involved in the travel ban and and getting involved in the the daca and you know saying what the president can and can't do well listen to what the ninth circuit court of appeals did in California. Cue the, the clown music. The circus music. <laughs> Seriously. And the, the, the image I used for this is just the word insanity, because that's what this is. The Ninth Circuit just allowed children to sue President Trump over global warming. A federal appears, appeals court ruled Wednesday in favor of 21 children and young adults suing the U.S. government for not doing enough to protect their constitutional right to a stable climate. Dad, what section of the Constitution dear, dear God, is the... Dear God, please come. Please come. What, what section in the Constitution gives you a, a right to a stable climate? Is that an, an amendment? Well, that's that the 29th the Amendment. Okay. That's the 29th Amendment of the Constitution. Well, the, apparently the Ninth Circuit... Which follows circuit. the 28th Amendment, uh, which... <laughs> which uh, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I want to hear what you're... Not, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals judges refused to grant... Uh, a relief to block the U.S. District Court in Oregon from hearing the suit. Anyway, what they did was rule that the 21 children had standing to sue President Trump's administration and oil and gas groups appealed the decision in June 2017. They asked judges to end this clearly improper attempt to have the judiciary decide important questions of energy and environmental policy and upset the balance of powers. The Ninth Circuit disagreed. So, I mean, what what do you say about this? As other than what I've said, insanity. What are they? What are they pushing here's for? What to I, phase out here's, fuels? here's here's what I say. Okay, seriously, what in the hell's wrong with you? Right? What's wrong with you? They should disband the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. What's not working up there? Everything is not working up there. Apparently, I mean, that, when I read that today, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, the the constitutional the, the this judge ordered or, or allowed the 21 children to sue President Trump over their constitutional right to a stable climate. 
Well, you know what? A stable. Well, I'm going to sue Donald Trump. There's too much doggone snow up here. So. <laughs> I know, right? All right, so let's. Who can I sue? And, and see, that, that that's the problem. The weaponization. Look, you know, don't get me started because I, I've spent the I've spent the entire morning and half the afternoon. The weaponization of the legal process in this country is beyond belief, and and that weaponization is being turned on us. And we've made, we've made no secret about it. It's public record. You know, I was speaking with Alex Jones when when you speak with him about but his legal woes. That must be the end thing to do. We well, don't agree Eric, with you. We're going to sue you. Tech Eric, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take this opportunity to sue our city for our constitutional rights for it, but, pothole-free roads. But, 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 that's right. Pothole-free. But, but you know what? The sad thing about it is you could be the most insane, absolutely, uh, absolutely uh, looney tunes. I mean, you know, Glenn Close, pot, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, rabbit in the pot, Glenn Close kind of thing, uh, uh, a serial stalker. And how close am I getting, Joe? Tell me. You know, give me the elbow. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. And and you could you could just file suit, weaponize the legal system, and, and then bitch when you when when you when you get called out on it and, and mm-hmm. cry and whine. Okay. And say, oh, that's not fair. Oh my gosh, I, I'm being talked about. Well, you know what? We're, I'll tell you what. It's done. It's over with. I, I said before, and I'm not going to belabor the issue. We are. Yeah, okay, there we go. Get the hook. We, we, we are enough is enough. And Coach Dave said it all. You don't win by playing defense. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Well, we only have about a minute before we hit the top of the hour break. Make sure, again, bookmark Hagen Report. Check it daily. Peter Schalke has a few new pieces up there. And as John has, uh, sent my way, Coach Dave has a, a piece up there from this morning that's getting a lot of traction. Are you spending Coach the Dave inheritance? Coach Dave is my man. <clears throat> it's actually the number one viewed piece up on Hagman Report today, which has been, uh, thanks to our listeners out there, receiving just awesome amounts of traffic lately. And also, there is a piece up, Department of Justice sues County in Wisconsin over nurse being forced to receive flu shots against her religious beliefs. We are seeing a, a saddening Man, trend dear, in the medical dear community. Dear God, please don't delay anymore. Please come back. No, please come a, down. Please do it now. Anybody who works in the healthcare industry knows you're having to get mandatory vaccines, mandatory flu shots, and if you refuse to do so, you are fired. And this is medical tyranny at its finest. When we come back, we're going to be joined by a few people who you guys are familiar with, Jim and Angie. We're going to talk about Internet censorship. Yeah, we need to so talk don't about go this. Anywhere. Yeah, we'll be right back. Thursday, March 8th edition of the Hagman Report. We got a great show lined up for you, great rest of the show lined up for you. The first two segments, it was just my father and me going through a whole list of interesting news and having uh, some some heated debates and discussions on some interesting things like Jeff Sessions and uh, the prosecution of the deep state. Again, I got yelled at. I got yelled at. Actually, my <laughs> wife says, you know what? You gotta be nicer. You shouldn't use bad words and stuff. Well, I, look, I'm not using bad words. I, but, but if, if, and, and, God, I love her, you know, and she always keeps me right on the money. Um, sent me a message, but, um, 
you know, seriously, we're in times right now where it's do or die. All the marbles, this is for all the marbles right now. And if you, if people don't realize that, if people don't realize how serious this is, and I apologize if there's anything offensive I said, if I, if I say the word moron, uh, idiot, um, whatever, I apologize for that. Uh, but I think sometimes the definitions, the literal definition of idiot does apply, as does moron. I think it's applicable and I think mm-hmm. it's accurate. Um, now, um, uh, the other, but, but, but you know what? I mean, look, we need it. We, here's the thing. I say what's on my heart. Uh, I don't, I, I'm as trans, look, I, I am what I am. I am this way at home. I'm this way here. I don't try to hide it. I don't put my radio voice on. Lord knows I don't have one. Um, now I got yelled at. I, in fact, get a letter saying, you know, man up. Uh, you keep saying you're not a talk show host. Um, you're an investigator. Well, you know, you're a talk show host now, so man up. And, and I respect the letter I got. I res- respect her very much. I, she didn't leave a return address. So I was going to write her back thanking her for the, for the letter. Uh, I know it came from Illinois, but, um, but, but you're right. You're, you're, you're right. But sometimes, you know, look, we, we get to the point where, don't you get, and don't you get to the point where you get frustrated? Now, I think we all do. And it's like, come on, man, you know, you got like everything breaking. And that's not a complaint. That's just an observation. Um, and I'm not trying to, you know, undig the hole I've dug for myself. I'm just saying that this is why that when you look at this and you go through this these beatings, and again, I'm not complaining about the beatings. I'm just saying, you know, look, I'm warning everyone out there because we're all going to go through it. And um, if you can if you can learn from me and be better than my and react better than I do, respond better than I do, that's uh, that's my hope for you. So go ahead. Well, we have with us who have or had, I should say, a YouTube channel. Victorus Libertas, Jim and Angie, uh, have been battling censorship on the social media giant YouTube as this continuing trend of censorship of conservative sites are is ongoing. Some people have been seeing strikes after fighting back, strikes taken off their channels. Others have seen their channels restored, but more often than not, Channels are not restored, and more so than that, more channels are being knocked off on a daily basis. Jim and Angie, it is great to have you back. Hey guys, how you doing? Hi, thank you for having us back. Well, I think you're you're crossing up the joint. That's pretty good. Now, (laughs) will YouTube allow, even though you're censored, are they going to blur your faces on our video feed? (laughs) Are they going to white you out? Uh, Are we going to get censored? We're hoping that you guys don't get taken down after that. Yeah, we are completely persona non grata, so we hope we don't affect you. Oh, guys. All right, all right, all right, all right. Lean in here. Come on, whisper to whisper to us. What'd you do? What'd you do? What do you, would, would, what'd you would, do? Would they would they say we did, or what did we really do? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what they stories. said we did. Um, it was uh, February twenty seventh, I believe. We got our first strike. And, uh, it was for the night, uh, Pulse nightclub, uh, shooting. I had done a video saying that Omar Mateen, uh, was a G4S employee, which is a government employee, and also, uh, was part of, and G4S was part of a crisis actor company. That's all I said. I was just trying to put some pieces together. There were three videos similar to that back, back, to back to back in uh I think it was July of 2016. Okay, we're talking th- two years ago now, right? Yeah. Okay. So 
for two years, those were fine. And within a 24-hour period, it was on the 27th I got a strike. I asked why. They did not answer me. On the 28th, we got a strike. I asked why. They did not answer me. On the same day, a few hours later, we got our third strike. I asked why. They did not answer me. The next day, they told me that we were terminated because of bullying and harassment. I asked them, where was I bullying and where was I harassing in those three videos? They did not answer me. Luckily, I have all of those videos and just about all that we've done for the last two years backed up on an external hard drive. Which we try not to have plugged in much. <laughs> I put all of those, uh, I put those videos, those three videos up on BitChute. We're up on BitChute right now. And so if anybody wants to go there to BitChute, Victorious Libertas, check us out. You'll see the three videos that I put them all together into one video. You'll see the three videos that they claimed I was bullying and harassing. I'm a terrible person, and we had to kick me out of the community. Now, with that said, I want I want everybody to know what happened. In 24 hours, because of those three videos, we lost 1,100 videos, 70,000 subscribers, and two years of blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, and this is a, a very common theme, it seems, uh, with Christian conservatives, Trump supporters, and anybody who is outspoken against the mainstream narrative that is presented to us by the CNNs of the world. And it's very frustrating, as you said, um, videos that you had done a year, two years ago, which shows, uh, it's so obvious this is not about offensive content or bullying or harassing. They were just looking for a reason or finding the excuse as to uh, get you off of their platform rather than just outright banning you. They, you know, had to f- justify it in some way. So they're, you know, going back to videos two, three, four years ago to do so. That's pretty sad. That's a pretty sad statement that they have to uh, resort to these kind of methods to to just censor people uh, outright. Yeah. I, I know I've heard a lot of people saying that they're going to do a class action lawsuit against uh, YouTube. I, I'm not sure. I mean, they state that they they have the right to terminate any account at any time for any reason, so I'm not really sure about that. But um, Jim and I, have, our Victorious Libertas name is an LLC, so we are an actual company, and we're trying to go the route that they – have defamed our company name. And so we're trying to talk to some lawyers and maybe start a defamation lawsuit. All right. Yeah, yeah. This is, a, let me just, uh, I'm not going to give you the inside baseball because I, not over, not over open airwaves, but we are assembling, uh, Steve Quayle and myself are assembling and, and others are assembling a, a law team, a, a legal team. And we are addressing these issues. We are taking the people who have called us Russian agents, the people who have accused us of being money launderers, the people who have accused us of all of these egregious crimes, Russian agents, for example, and actually put me in, believe it or not, I'm in that position right now potentially to be interviewed by the Mueller team. And I'm not going to, that's all I'm going to say, okay, because of basically one person. 
But uh, now having said that, 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 I have to, because this drives me absolutely insane. So here's what I want to do. I want to make sure that uh, we offer you the uh, ability to, to join us or somehow to use the infrastructure we're setting up to go after uh, to, to make right, uh, to shut these accusa- accusations down and to make right these things because we are a subchapter S corporation um, as well. And you're an LLC. This might fit well. So if with your permission, we'll, we'll uh, contact you and, and we'll, uh, because this is, this is what people, we need to stick together. And this is why, and I don't care. You, you could be, you could be saying, and I'm not saying this, let me preface this. You could be saying, well, you know, X, Y, and Z, or this shooting didn't happen or whatever. And I could disagree with you 100%. That's not the point. The right. point, the point is the manner and methods in which you're being shut down. So I offer that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, so we appreciate much. that very much. And Doug, you're, you're absolutely right. Whether you agree with what I say or not on my videos, is irrelevant to me. What is relevant to me is the First Amendment. It's the fact that I have the right to say what I'm saying. It differentiates us, or it used to, our our country from other countries. The the, the two biggest uh, uh, amendments in the Constitution that I, I believe that are important for us that differentiate us from other countries is the First and Second Amendment, and there is a full onslaught attack on both right now. Yes. And yeah, and I can tell you right now, YouTube is going to be useless very soon for people that want to get the truth. Because everything, they're trying to funnel all information, alternative information through YouTube. You're going to see a lot of disinfo, not you guys, but you, you are going to see a lot of channels with disinfo and they're going to get millions of views. And I can tell you, if somebody's getting millions of views, they're allowing them to speak, then uh, then it's either irrelevant or it's disinfo, knowingly or unknowingly, or they want to get it out yeah. through the masses. Now, if they want to shut you down, they've shown they can shut you down real quick. I mean, it's common knowledge that it's always been said by, you know, the powers that be, if they're going to control the people, they have to control the media, and they used to with mainstream media, and now nobody goes to mainstream media. It's all alternative, and so now they have to control that, is my belief. So, you know, if you sense a little a bit of annoyance in our voices, there is. If you sense power in our voices, there is. We have resolved. We will not quit. We're not going away. We're, we have a backup channel right now. Uh, if uh, I don't know the address right now, but if you do a search on Victorious Libertas, you'll find it on YouTube. I don't know how long it's going to be up. Today, they wiped my cookies out of my uh, laptop. I can no longer log into my, that YouTube, the backup. Okay, They said that account is terminated. I am terminated. That email address is terminated and cannot be used. That was my backup email address. Angie can still log, she's still logged in, so I was able to do a video real quick telling everybody what's going on. And then that's why you're here, to make sure people can find you. Let's direct everyone listening to this broadcast right now, either live or by archive, listen to where Jim and Angie are. Okay, they have the right to speak. So uh, tell us again where you are, where you can be found. Go ahead. Yeah, so the main thing is uh, we have a website, yeah. Victorious, victoriouslibertas.com. Okay, starting tomorrow, 
all the updates are going to go onto our website. So if we move over to another YouTube channel, I will put that up on the website, okay? So that's where we're going to funnel all of our main uh, information from now on. Uh, From there, uh, right now we have BitChute. We've got about 2,000 subscribers on BitChute, which is – uh, which is pretty good for BitChute. It's a new platform, but but they're good. Uh, they haven't censored us all. Funny thing is when they when they found out that we were at BitChute YouTube after we did another video, which I believe is the real reason why we were terminated. We'll get into that later. Okay. Uh, all of this can be found on our BitChute channel. Yeah. They were. Severely attacked over the weekend, BitChute was. Yeah, Ray server. said that they were attacked, and we were we would try to upload things on BitChute, and it would clock for eight and nine hours, and it never would upload. <laughs> then he, oh, so he did a test, and he took down the video that we know that we really were terminated for, and suddenly all of our videos started uploading. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so guys, you know what this is like? This is like, you know, when you're in a wall, you're in the YouTube wall. And you get banned, and they open that big uh, wall, they, the gate, and they kick you out of the gate. Yep. And, there's, and you're banned from society. There's nowhere to go in social <laughs> the society. The wasteland. <laughs> That's what they threw us out to the wasteland. That's what they're going to do. And, they're, and then they're not going to let any of the alternative little guys, you know, be, survive. So you're going to have, you know, one platform for videos, one platform for social activity, one platform to bitch about your, uh, about politics, and one platform to go shopping. There you go. Exactly. And, and very well stated. And the, the other, the, what I find diabolical is the fact that you cannot even respond. And, and Alex Jones was talking to me and we were talking about this, is that you cannot even respond. Uh, what happened to Jones was, um, the, the videos that they complained about were censored and he couldn't even point to the videos where he said, look, these are the videos that you're complaining about. There's nothing in them, but you can't see them because YouTube censored them. And, and right. the same way, so uh, we get this. And, um, and you, you had mentioned something too that very profound. I think people need to understand first and second amendments tied together at the hip and they go hand in hand. You lose one, you lose the other. And the second enforces the first, but or preserves the first. So yes. I want to ask you guys, how do you see this playing out? You mentioned uh, how you think people eventually will be censored. The conservative Christian conservative voices will be censored out of existence on on you know these social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Do you think that uh, it seems that the um, the people who share our same mindset are the the main drivers of Content that you know, they're the ones that make the the content go viral. They're the ones that you know get the Twitter hashtags to the top, that get the YouTube videos, the millions of views. If it's only liberal voices, do you think there will be an audience to flock to that? One and two, do you believe that uh, the the people will go find the truth? If the truth is removed from YouTube, would YouTube still remain relevant? I think YouTube, what do you think? I think YouTube will remain relevant for people that like to watch dogs and cats mm-hmm. and game, and gamers, you know, it's, and for music and things like that. But you're, once again, I do not believe that you're going to be able to find the truth on YouTube. Well, not on YouTube. Um, I'm going to ask this to the audience. Those of you who have awakened and you're now awake to your surroundings, is there any way you can ever go back to sleep? 
I know I can't. And so my feeling is that people will search for the truth, even if they have to go to smaller platforms. Uh, they will search and search and search. I know I was like a bulldog when I woke up, and I still am. I just I, I crave the truth now. I agree. Well said. And if you want to know where they're going to go and who they're going to target, you need to go to a YouTube video. Do a search on uh, hate index. All right. Uh, it's the uh, online hate index, I believe it's called, by the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League. It's about a three or four minute video. I'm not even going to talk about the video. I'm not going to try to sway what it, you know, what, you, how you feel about it. I want you to go to the video. You go check it out, and you tell me. Then you will know what direction that they're trying to make this country go. Yeah, what do you, I mean, what do you guys think about YouTube hiring tens of thousands of moderators, both from the, the ADL and the Southern Poverty Law Center? Uh, how do you think that's gonna go? Well, it's going like it is now. <laughs> I mean, it's a complete conflict of interest, right? These are left-wing, uh, you know, groups that hate the, uh, other constitutional republic. They hate the First Amendment. They hate the Second Amendment. And that those are the people that are going to be policing YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you guys, have you seen, I mean, we don't watch mainstream media, but somebody sent me a compilation of videos that Fox News has done. They're talking about YouTube censoring and stuff like that. What do you, I mean, how do you feel about that? Uh, wait, wait a minute. Say that again because I'm not sure I understood that. Fox News. Fox right. News has been reporting on the YouTube censoring and talking about the SPLC and the ADL and, you know, kind of bashing them. And so since we don't trust mainstream media, I know Fox is right there on the cusp, but still I don't really trust mainstream media. I was just going to see if you had seen anything like that or what yeah. your feeling is. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure I understood the context of your question. Peter Barry Chaka, who is a contributor of our of the Toyodora website and, of course, a regular on our broadcast, um, he's got his finger on the pulse of Fox News internal contacts, and, and they are they are shedding some light on this. But I, I, I look, I, I think it needs to be front and center because we're talking about a First Amendment issue here. Yeah, and I agree. And I, you know, as much as I question the the motives of of Fox News uh, being part of the mainstream media, they are at least at, at, in some ways. Some of the hosts are are there speaking truth. Uh, to uh, much of the corruption yeah. and crimes that we yeah. see and, and standing up for, for President Trump. And if there's going to be shining light on uh, the issue by, by talking about it and talking about who's involved, I don't have a problem with that. Do I believe that there are multiple agendas and reasons why that they're doing that? Absolutely. And But the, the argument has been made. Uh, let's say you had the Tucker Carlson show. It wasn't on Fox News. It was only on YouTube. Would it be able to survive the censorship campaign. And I would say, no, it probably would not. You know, they would label it as bullying and harassing, much like they, they did yours. But, you know, uh, the mainstream media, whether it's CNN or Fox News, they definitely have an agenda above and beyond the well-being and truth to the American people. So I always do question them. I, I want to interject one thing here, just really quickly, before I, my mind, my old mind wanders off. It's all of us, you, 
Jim and Angie, and uh, I don't care what YouTuber is, who, you know, how big your platform is, if you've got 20 subscribers or 2 million, we all need to stick together. We all need to work together. Put our differences, whatever they might be, aside. And it doesn't matter if you, if you don't agree on what happened at this event or that event. Put them aside because we're fighting a bigger fight here, and that's the fight against shutting us down. And if we, we can win on the numbers alone, if we get together, work together, and uplift one another, uh, and do so, in, in a proper fashion, and that's what we need to do. So that's what I'm going to say. Well, and I agree with you 100%, and what I want to ask everybody is to look at the mainstream media, whether you trust them or not. We don't, and, and the reason why is ask yourself, are the stories that are coming out of the mainstream media, are they uniting people or are they dividing people? They're always I, dividing people. You never hear, I mean, this is one of the uh, the huge problems with, with the network cable news uh, cycle that we have you know you see these constantly these horrible uh, police shootings and there's always these racial components but never do you see the stories uh, you know in every town USA in America where cops are bringing homeless people boots or feeding them or you know you never hear those good ones you know there could be 10,000 great stories of, of cops doing great things for people on a daily basis not a peep about it but you get one story that can be spun to make it look like a cop did something terribly wrong and that gets all the attention and the coverage and that absolutely is done on purpose and this is part of the demoralization of our society uh, absolutely and you know I want to protect the children too but you know you've got a, a school shooting with 17 people that caused division right you saw it caused division and actually, why don't we have more stories about the 600,000 or a million children that go missing every year in this country and the child sexual abuse problems that are go on in this country and around the world? That's something that can unite us. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. You love your children. That's a bipartisan issue. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing when you see... Uh, these same people who are saying we need to ban guns, we need to, you know, take away the Second Amendment to save the children. These are the same people who openly promote abortion day in and day out. But, but, I, but Joe, I, and I didn't mean, uh, look, I think what they what they're saying here, and I think it's so important, is is that issue that you just referenced. Oh boy, no one wants to talk about that though, do they? No, no, no. no it's no, just no. Get, it gets swept under the carpet. You have to ask yourself, why doesn't anybody want to talk about well, it? It's the big elephant in the room. Maybe most of the anchors are people that are that maybe, in on it. <laughs> maybe, maybe people are you know involved in this kind of stuff, and uh, you know, know, and that's are. what you know. I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody, but no. I'm just saying we've. It's been told. a definite wide, widespread epidemic. Oh, and then, by the way, the, uh, I don't know whether you heard or not, but there was a, a story on the New York Times about uh, f- uh, about doctoring up videos, uh, and they had one doctored up of uh, of uh, who, uh, Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama, yes, in a very compromising. Uh, I, I didn't hear section. about that. Yeah, I just I just read about it today, and so maybe they're getting us ready uh, for the uh, some leaks. The leaks that are going to, yeah. the video leaks that are going to come out. Because of, they're saying they're fake, they're fake videos they're is fake what they're videos. saying before they come out. Yeah. So, so, so what would they do, show Michelle Obama with a dangling participle or what? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 he knows. <laughs> I, well, I was not, I was not privy and did not have the pleasure to see the video, Doug, but uh, well, I can only, I can only imagine. 
Okay. Yeah. Look, I, I haven't seen it. I, I, I just, I'm curious. Yeah. Joe just threw his hands up in disgust. My daughter, uh, Jackie, and they, she just covered her head and, uh, uh, hey, it, 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 it's 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 a you know remember diagramming sentences it's a it's a it's a language term that's all don't you know it's your mind people that are going in the gutter. Hey, I'm with you. I thought that was funny. You know we have to have a little humor. Oh, we have to. And I just want everybody to know that we remain uh, happy, uh, strong, and committed. And not suicidal. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna slip in the bathtub. Well, there's I a know plus. You're, you're, not gonna sta- you're not gonna stab and shoot yourself, right? I, I don't play piano, so there shouldn't be any piano wire around me. No. And I just had my brakes fixed. Hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Aside from <laughs> from the bit shoot, um, has this censorship and, and uh, really banning from YouTube? Uh, have you have you guys looking for more opportunities? Have you found that there are a lot more options out there? Or um, what, are you thinking outside of the box on on different ways to reach people? Uh, um, how, how's that going? Well, it's we're gonna keep you, listen. We're gonna you. keep you in the forefront. Yeah, well, Aww, we appreciate you. that. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to send us on a new venture. It's forcing us out of our comfort zone and to do different things. We are uh, actively seeking, you know, a podcast, maybe a radio program, um, something that's maybe independently um, uh, owned or yep. hosted. And where are we going to be on later on if people can see us? We're going to be on Project Camelot. But we're going to be on Project Camelot okay. uh, later on as well. So. All right, very good. Victorious Libertas, Jim and Angie, thank you so much for joining us. We will stay in touch, and you guys keep your heads up. We love you guys. Take care. We will be right back after this short break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Hagman Report. broadcast of the Hagman Report. We have another great guest lined up for you. Coming up is Shastina Sandman. She is running as a candidate for California's 48th district. We're going to talk about her campaign platform and some of the issues that she is uh, really putting front and center in her campaign. And I haven't really read through. I don't know who she's running against, but I'll, oh, I'll tell you. Right. Here's the deal. Okay, let me just let me just give you the 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 four one one summary. Pro Trump, pro life, pro Second Amendment, securing mm-hmm. schools Pro-vent. one vote at a time. Enough said. Works yeah. for me. All right, forty eighth district, of California, of California. Let, let's and you know what? We need to change one district at a time one community at a time one this you win one battle at a time and Shastina Sandman you know her I think previously it's just Shastina Eloff um, uh, look I think this is a good fit uh, she's a Christian wife mother of two she's a mompreneur congressional candidate running for the 48th district 48th District of California. Yeah, 48th District of California. And uh, I'm there. Okay, and, and of course, go to her Twitter account 
at Sistina underscore Eloff. And uh, we follow her. She follows us. She's she, she, she's the person for the job. She is the absolute best for the job. And we do have her. And one thing that you and me have not talked about on the on on the show is the redistricting of uh, Pennsylvania. And, yeah, I know. And this is something that is an issue uh, that deals with the upcoming midterm elections. Is, hey, is it going to affect, affect my property lines? Oh, no, no. oh, wait. No, that's not what we're talking about? It's going to affect uh, I, I know. the... I know. It, it, I, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't read all the details about it, but basically it uh, cut the, the state up um, into a way that's favorable, apparently, for Democrats. As the city or county of Erie used to be split into two districts, it put it in the same district and it reorganized a bunch well, of things. Yeah. And it's being challenged yeah. in the Supreme Court. But Anyway, we have Shastina Sandman and Shastina. We have you connected, but we don't have video. So if you want to activate the video, if you want, oh, let me see. You can class the place up by doing that. Can I? I want to class it up. Yeah. Well, there should be like a little video camera thing. Can you see me? I can see you. Yeah, we can see you. There we go. There we go. There we go. See. I'm literally on the campaign trail today. Well, awesome. wow, it never stops, does it? Knocking on front doors? I Yes, I, I have my tennis shoes on. I wish I could show you. I um, I paid my filing fee today for the 48th district, and I've got to get a couple more signatures for the ballot. So I literally dragged my husband and my two kids out of the house, out of the office, and said, we got to go. we got to get these signatures. Wow. And uh, we have been knocking on doors. We've been canvassing. We've been going to businesses. Uh, we're halfway there. And I'll turn those in tomorrow. We're going to get 60 signatures, and we're going to be on the ballot going up against Dana. And uh, it's been a really positive and Dana? exciting day today. Dana Roadrocker? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I, look, I'm in total favor for many <laughs> reasons, many reasons of you winning. Thank you. Well, she's- yeah. Let me ask you this: What was it that uh, made you decide to run? What What was the the one point where you said, "Okay, I'm going to do this"? So there were a couple of things that happened. So I live uh, five blocks from the beach. Now I don't want you to think that I'm a middle I'm a multimillionaire. I'm a middle class American, but I do live I live five blocks from the beach. Several weeks ago, I walked out of my front door, and there was an unidentified pill. And my husband picked it up, and he said, oh, my gosh, you know, if one of our children grabbed this, then what could have happened? So we called the police, and the police instructed us, next time you you see that, don't pick it up. Just call us immediately, because if it would happen to be fentanyl, it could have killed you, and it would have killed one of your children. We have a, a homeless epidemic here that nobody wants to talk about. We have human trafficking, and we have a major drug crisis in Orange County. When you think of Orange County, you just think of Newport Beach, but that's not all that is. We have Costa Mesa, Santa Ana, Laguna. We have a lot of places, and we have a lot of drugs, and, I, and I've got to take care of my children. I've got to take care of the district. The other thing is is we've got a value problem. Today, this happened to me today. It was shooken to the core. It just shook me. I Like I said, I'm five blocks from the beach, so they're, they're like uh, condos or duplexes, whatever you want to call them. There's a front house and a back house. I live in the back house, and I have for five years. And the front house happens to be rented out to five or six guys. And, you know, they go through a lot of trash. 
they drink a lot and then they eat out a lot and so they really fill up the trash can and I'm a nice neighbor and when they make a mess I clean up after them and my husband's always getting on me for it. he's like why do you clean up after them and I clean up after them because it's my neighborhood and you know I want to keep our neighborhood clean etc etc well today a note was left on my door mind you and it wasn't even because of me but this note said you know you seem like a reasonably intelligent person which led me to believe I've had interactions with this neighbor before she said but I it's mind-boggling to me that you have no respect for the trash cans there were some curse words and then she said <laughs> curse, curse word this is not a black neighborhood wait a second wait a second no respect for the trash cans what, 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 oh. I have no respect for the trash or the trash cans uh. or the people in, in, like, I don't even know how to use a trash can. I would show you the letter, but it's got foul language on it. Sure. And this is a value problem. We've got a value problem, not just in my district, but clearly, but in America. These people, some of my neighbors, value their Range Rover more than they value life. And there it is. And yep. Go I'm ahead. I'm surrounded by Range Rovers. And I have no problem with you having money or you having nice things or cars, or your Porsches, or you're this, or you're that. But you can't degrade a person or a race like that. And that's one of the problems that we've got going on with America. We have got to educate people better, that we respect values and life, and we've got to get God back in, because obviously this person is lacking Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, very well said. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously we see what we've been talking about on this show is the huge censorship push on the Internet where you see the, the Christian, the Christian conservative, the pro-Trump agenda being being censored. And one mm-hmm. of the things that, um, you know, as being not being talked about, as you pointed out, uh, amidst all this other political controversy is, one, the homeless problem in Southern California specifically, where I think in L.A. you have over 60,000 homeless people. And then there was a report recently on San Francisco and the horrible conditions where human feces were found on hundreds of streets along with hypodermic needles and other drug paraphernalia and human waste. And it is a huge problem where, and and cities are not doing anything to to combat this problem. Instead, they are enabling it. And it has turned into a huge racket. I I just want to tell you something. I have literally watched a homeless person go to the bathroom on the sidewalk. And we here, uh, specifically in Oregon, we have $2 billion sitting in a fund. We could house all of them. I put on my website, ShastinaSandman.com, an initiative for the homeless problem. We could do tiny homes. We could do shipping containers. We could go out in the desert and get a ton of land and build on there. We have got plenty of money to do it. We could house all of them. We can get therapists on staff. We can get security on staff. We can teach them how to grow their own food. We can educate them, give them the literature, help them get back on their feet, help them get that pride, that sense of pride for for having a roof over their head. And Justina, and I don't mean to interrupt, and I do agree with you to some extent. Michael Savage talks about this, uh, you know, how we have gotten rid of the insane asylums in this country and how we need to bring something back and house the homeless, put them basically like work camps where they, uh, you know, get a sense of responsibility and duty and they're sheltered and fed and they, uh, you know, get prepared for a job. But let me ask you this. The freedoms that, 
you know, Americans are supposed to have. If somebody wants to be homeless, is it against the Constitution to force them to be involved in programs like this? And I know well, this is a a tough spot I'm putting you in here, but I just well, wanted you, to get your thoughts. But it is against the law to be homeless. Yeah, it, it, it technically it can be, yeah. Yeah, so here in the 48th District, it's against the law, so they're breaking the law. Um, and I understand what you're saying. I can appreciate what you're saying. Do they have the freedoms? And I would say, yeah, if you are mentally capable, you're sane, and you just want to live, uh, you know, in the forest, maybe, sure, uh, you can. You have the right to do that. But if you're mentally ill, if you're incapable of caring for yourself, if you don't know how to use a bathroom and you think the sidewalk is a bathroom, we have a problem. Yeah, that becomes that's a health hazard and, and, you know. That's a, that is a hazard. That is where you have to call hazmat out to clean that up. And no offense, but I already have a dog problem in the neighborhood where people don't clean up after their dogs. I sure as heck don't want to step in human feces, nor my children. That's where it just becomes disgusting. No, you're exactly right. And it's not only a safety problem, it is a health problem as well. But, Chestina, uh, there's so much here to talk about. Yeah, so much in California, can, can, can from I, immigration wait, to... Can I just... I know, I know I interrupted you again. I'll get emails about this. But, Chestina, uh, I just, I'm curious about this guy. i got to get this in. Can anyway, because I know that it costs money to do a campaign. All right, so if somebody in Iowa is listening or Texas or wherever, can they send you money to, for your campaign? Absolutely. They can go to ShastinaSandman.com, right there on the homepage, contribute, donate, uh, Shastina.com forward slash Sandman for Congress, the number four. Okay. Um, you see, you got my website up there. You see yep. the contribute top right button. Right. So that's, a, that's John Smith right there. I'm going to take a professional photos this weekend so you'll have my smiling face. There you go. I, oh. It's so hard because it's like people are like, we need to see your face, we need to see your face, we need to see your face. Mm. It's so hard for me. <laughs> well, okay, so so you're, because, it, it, again, it's expensive to run a campaign. You're running against Dana Rohrbacher. Um, he's got yeah, go he's got people. And let me tell you something. The reason why these people stick in office so long, you've seen it. We've got offshore drilling right now, and I got in trouble for by my own team, which is the Republican Party, for questioning. And the reason why I questioned was it's I want to make sure that we're doing safe offshore drilling and not Dana's just allowing offshore drilling because he's going to be lined his pockets to pay for his campaign. We just have to start being aware and looking. Yeah, and, you know, so often we see this, the kickbacks, the uh, lobbying. We had... Uh, a gentleman on who is running in the 6th District of Indiana who was running against the brother of Mike Pence and was basically, Steven. yeah, and was basically told, you know, if you drop out of this race, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get you hooked up and set up over here and over here and all this money is being funneled, uh, to the, the Pence's brother in order for him to get in, you know, for these different organizations and lobbying groups. And it's unfortunate how our system of politics has really uh, turned into a cesspool of corruption and, and favors for for financial gain rather than people being put into positions of power and elected for the benefit of the American people. But let's talk about some of the main tenets of your campaign. Uh, veterans, what are you planning to do to help returning veterans and veterans in general? We've seen so many problems with the VA and funding. It seems like they are uh, forgotten, the forgotten it- Americans. And that's the thing that really, are you aware that they get a voucher to pay for a home? No. They do. 
Yeah, they get a, it's a HUD VASH, V-A-S-H voucher, and it helps pay for their housing. And in California, specifically my district, it's not illegal to turn them down. So what's happening, we're seeing in the market, because California, this district, 48 district, is very expensive. And for some reason, I find that we're discriminating against our, we're discriminating against them because people don't want to take the, the vouchers. It's almost like uh, se- Section 8 home or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So they get vouchers, and what we need to do is we need to connect landlords with veterans so that we can give them their home, first of all. Second of all, they don't have a job. Unfortunately, with the Florida shooting, we see that we need to do preventative men- measures to secure our schools. And that's what we need to be doing. Hold on, my son. Honey? We hear, we hear the little ones. Hey, buddy. This is reality. This is life. This is the way it should be. There's a smile. Me and my son, we're on the campaign trail. Hi, buddy. You, you know what? Help mom. Help mom. Say, vote for mommy. <laughs> Can you say donate? Yeah, there you go. I love him. And that's why I'm doing this. The children. I want my children to be safe. I don't want to be in fear that my daughter or my son is going to go to school and not come home. And we have veterans who are trained. They're military trained. We've spent a lot of money on them. They know how to save something so precious. As our as our children, we're we're protecting guns. We're, we're protecting celebrities. We're protecting jewelry. We're protecting banks. We don't want to protect our children. I'm a registered gun owner. I own three guns. My guns have never killed anyone. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. The uh, yeah, it's amazing how that works, right? The battle that the <laughs> Second Amendment is under right now with the uh, in the wake of the uh, Parkland shooting. Are, are you under a time to, a time commitment? I mean, you've got to get. So you have how many signatures do you have? Do you need? And because I'm th- worried about this. I have thirty. Don't you worry. Okay. We'll be out all night. I have thirty. Um, I, you can only have four, so forty. So minimum forty, maximum sixty. Okay. And the reason why they do that is because let's say you get forty, but they can't verify two of them. That's why you get that other uh, extra cushion. Right. So after this, we've been out here at the park all day because this is my neighborhood. I'm out here all the time with my kids. I know the community. So after this, we're going to go to our favorite restaurant, again, where I'm well known. And we're going to get, you know, the, the other 30 signatures there. Can, can, you, can you stable that letter from the woman and, and count that as a signet? Never mind. I wish. Yeah. I, you know, I posted on Facebook. I went live about it too on Twitter so people can watch it. I, I cannot believe that someone has the mindset and I don't want my children growing up with someone who thinks like that. It, it's yeah. disgusting to me. I, I mean, what would Jesus Christ say? Why do you think that you're better than someone just because of the color of your skin? I, I don't understand that. I, I never, and, and you know, that's something I never really understood either. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't grow up like that. Well, I, I grew up, I'm older than you. I mean, I remember the, uh, vaguely remember the colored bathrooms, especially in the South, and, you know, water fountains and stuff. But but that's me. I'm old. Well, listen, I would just like my own personal bathroom. There you go. I I think they should all just be personal public bathrooms. We'll solve everybody's problems. (laughs) (laughs) Who really wants a spare bathroom? Really, uh, in in many respects. Okay, so so following the signatures, you're going to file, and I I fought. So 
Tomorrow morning, I'll be at the Register of the Voters office. Okay. And we'll give them, uh, we'll give them all the paperwork, and I gotta take my oath and, uh, say, you know, you, you have to sign a code. You don't, and here's the funny thing. There's a code of ethics that you sign. It's optional. <laughs> so you don't have to sign it if you, you don't want to. I said, this is <laughs> optional? <laughs> <laughs> This is America. I can't believe it. You guys are laughing too, right? Oh, man. The code of ethics is optional. Oh. <laughs> yeah, do you have to show your, 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 your... Do you have to be an American citizen? Can you be a well, legal running for this? I, mean, I don't know. I, well, yeah, but optional. I, 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 you know, listen. Um, uh, oh, man. Optional. <laughs> Sometimes, when you're in office, would you fix this? Can you help I'm us gonna, fix this? That's mandatory. That has to be mandatory. The code of ethics to run for office needs to be mandatory okay. on the campaign trail. Because if you're not signing a code of ethics, what are you doing to get those signatures? Right? What are you doing to raise that money? Yeah, we have FEC filings, but you know, and I sit here and I wonder, you know, they do these fundraisers and if you can only get it's just, it boggles me. It's like Dana has millions of dollars. They call it the word test. He has millions of dollars. How does he get millions of dollars when I can only get one person maxes out at twenty seven hundred per election? So I can get twenty seven hundred and then another twenty seven hundred and then well, you know, PACs can only do five or ten thousand. I, I mean I guess they when he gets to where he is, he gets the GOP money. Well, what they do is they, on the campaign trail, I can't get like no one can write me a check for a million dollars. No, and what Damn, these other people do. That. What these other people do is they have corporations who, you know, write a check for a million dollars to 50 or 100 or a 1,000 different people, and those 1,000 different people write the $2,700 checks to their candidate. And, you know, employees and, and other people maybe collect a small fee but are used basically as surrogates to take the money from one hand and give it to the other, and that's how that's done. And it is, uh, you know, something that is an abuse of, of the uh the fundraising election laws, but you know, who's going to investigate them? Uh, Justine, I want to ask ask you this: What are some of the other issues, at least unique to your area, that are going to be important for you to focus on in your campaign? So, homeless, as you know, right? Drugs, as you know, I, I, I can't even, I, I can't even believe that we have the drugs that we have. I have some people that I know that are uh, very. It's just unbelievable to me how easy it is to get drugs. It shouldn't be that easy. Okay, but, but it's just a promise me this. Don't punish the people in chronic pain. Whatever I you do. I won't punish people okay. in chronic pain. And listen, I am for uh, doing more research on medical marijuana. Okay. I absolutely, I've absolutely educated myself and on CBD and CBN and on the oil. And we've only done 80, I can't remember the word right now, but there are so many more things that we need to know about that plant. We really need to be researching it because you can take the CBN oil and it doesn't get you high and it helps the chronic pain. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep, I do. I would really like to take that off the schedule one and I'd really like to research that more. Good, good. Perfect. For me, okay. It's like, why did God put it on the earth? There you go. Maybe uh, there's something yep. missing. So there's that. We've got veterans. I've got veterans on the street. We've got to get them off the street. Yep. Right here in Newport Beach where I live, you know, we have great schools. But but outside, when you go to, like, Costa Mesa, Santa Ana, Orange, we want to check on education and make sure 
that our children are actually learning something and they're not learning liberal indoctrination and we don't need to learn about the 63 genders. We've got male and we've got female and let's move on. That's it. We need to focus on math, science, um, you know, workshops like learning about tools and learning about wood and learning how to garden. These are things that are really important that we need to be learning, that our children need to be learning so they can be self-sufficient out in the real world and not being relying on the government. And that's what the Democrats do. They like to create all these programs so that people become reliant on them. But if, you know, if you teach Amanda fish, she's going to get a lot more fish than if you just give him a fish, right? Amen. That's right. So, yeah, that's, that's right. I want to make sure that, you know, I really want to talk about, you know, and I love to have on, I do wish I go live a couple times a week on my, on my Twitter and we just have open discussions, right? I mean, why are people allowed to spend millions of dollars on a campaign? Can we, can we talk about that? Can we put a limit on that? Can we say, you know, hey, you can't go over a million dollars and let's see what you can really do with a million dollars? Because it's almost kind of frivolous spending, right? Yeah. Like what we see with uh, <laughs> professional sports teams, how they have a salary cap to make it an even playing field. Each team can only spend, you know, a hundred million dollars a year for their players. Otherwise, it creates an unfair advantage for other players. So what you're saying is it, the same lines in the election. You know, you each get a million dollars, and uh, it's an even playing field, and uh, whoever spends there is the most efficiently and wisely. Uh, but, 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 Justina, even, even underneath that, why would somebody pay or, or spend a million dollars to get a position that pays, you know, 100000 as an example? You know, just it's, it doesn't Isn't make that a great question? Uh-huh. Why do they spend a million dollars on a campaign to make a hundred and seven in District Forty Eight, it's a hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars. Right. That is not a good return on investment. Doesn't make any sense, except that you know the power that comes with that position through uh, self-enrichment. With it, and that's I think why they why they do it. Because right. you know, like for instance, this offshore drilling, we had a huge um, resist moment today. They were out. This company called Wave, and uh, they said they're nonpartisan women. Powering, uh, but yet I followed them, wanted to open up discussion with them, and they blocked me on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Th- I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> not really nonpartisan and not really for women. <laughs> Anyways, <sighs> and can you believe that stuff? And so I just want to know. I want to open up a discussion with them and go. Yeah, can we talk about this offshore drilling? What's going on? Who's going to be drilling? How to? How well does Dana know these people? Is he drilling because he's getting kickbacks? These kind of things. So, listen, as we're talking right now, I think I want to, uh, I want to make one of my issues a campaign a cap on spending. And I think that'll even out the playing field. And we're also going to see how people budget their money, how good they are with money. Because if we're all spending the same and the winner comes out to be, you know, John Doe, we're going to say, hey, you know what? John Doe only had $250,000 like all the other guy, but he used his money well. He or she is going to use our tax money really well. Exactly, and I. By the way, we had Kaya Jones on not too long ago. I see that that she's supporting you as well. So love, I, love her. She's was woman power. You yeah, know, her and I yeah. get a great. Um, I just I support her in all her endeavors, um, and she supports me as well. Mm-hmm. And just couldn't be happier. Look, we need to stick together. We need to make sure that you are. Uh, you have the voice on the platform here anytime. Uh, the, the, so the primary is when? 
June 5th. Okay. I need everyone in the 48th district. And if you're not in the 48th district, whoever you know in the 48th district needs to vote for me in the primary. It's going to be the top two. I talked to someone today who said, you know, look, the Repub- the Democrats, they don't have a shot. They're not going to win. They're not going to get there. It's not going to happen. I said, okay, well, I, I don't know. I'm keeping an eye on them, but thank you. He said, it's, it's going to be you and Dana. I absolutely believe that you're going to be number two, and you've got to take out Dana. And I said, you know, I don't really want to take out anybody. I want to run a clean campaign. I'm not looking to sling mud. I'm not looking to talk about all the bad things. I want to talk about my issues. I want to talk about what I want to do, and I want to talk about that stuff. So I've been out here today on the campaign trail talking about people. They love it. They're excited. They, they're excited to hear what I have to say. But they need to get out and vote June 5th. They also need to donate. Absolutely. And, Chastina, we'll have you on again. We're up against it. Before that June 5th. Yeah. ChastinaSandman.com. Thank you so much. We'll be right back Thank after you, this Shastina. break. Thursday edition of the Hagman Report. We have with us a, a f- friend of the show, Keith Hansen, host of the Keith Hansen Show. He does more radio than we do, if I can even say that. Don't muzzle possible. me, man. <laughs> Keith Hansen is with us, uh, and you can find him at WNTK, also at Real Keith Hansen. Keith, welcome back to the show. Joe, Doug, how are you tonight? We are doing just fine, rolling along. You, you know, good show. Keith, I, I was thinking about you today, and I, I just want to mention this. This is, okay, you can cut the mics, everyone, okay? Because I, I want to talk to Keith off air here for a second. Okay, good, now that we cut the mics. Okay. Really, really Keith, we didn't cut the mics. No, um, I know you didn't. Are we, but it kind of feels like we're in a radio show confessional booth here. I, I know. I, I, I don't know if Joe told you. You know the gentleman that was with us with uh, the uh, gun gun class that we took together he, he passed away uh larry, larry. right yeah yeah yeah, you know yeah um yeah joe had mentioned that um, okay I, I, a, couple, a couple of weeks ago okay yeah i just i thought of that and i, I just wondered if you knew that and that's just i just wanted to uh, yeah i should we should have taken this off i know don't yell at me eric eric's like throwing things at me <laughs> eric the no, but it's uh you know what a, what a nice guy he was he was yeah. uh he was just just a just a real kind and, and gentle guy, and so that's when when Joe had mentioned that actually when when we were reconnecting, um, and I had asked Joe about that, and he, that's when he had said actually Larry passed away, and I said wow that's kind of crazy, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, All right, brother. Well, it, it's, uh, sorry about that, and sorry folks for wasting your time. I, I didn't mean to. Uh, always bad form on the radio, but okay, Keith, um, man. Yeah, but you know what? It shows it shows people that we have a human side as well too. That we're not just yeah. you know we're not just mouthpieces and machines. So. Very true, very true. Okay, uh, television show, right? Yeah, and uh, we will. We filmed the pilot next week. Okay, so not the pilot, up. but we filmed the premiere episode next week. So we uh, we launch as of uh, we film on on uh, the thirteenth, and it uh, actually premieres on Tuesday the twentieth. Okay, so and, uh, people can this. check it out at uh, real at uh, excuse me at uh, keithhanson.tv or keithhansontv.com, whatever your preference is. So both will take you to the same place. So website's still under development, so 
you right. know, just be aware. It's a little a little rough around the edges, but uh, a lot of people putting all their efforts into the production of the show, not necessarily the production of the website. But uh, I've, I've got a, a team who's working on that this week, so there should be significant developments made to that here over the next couple of, of days, certainly. Okay. All right, fine. Um, yeah, because we want to keep an eye on that. We want to stay, stay plugged into your progress. And uh, there it is on the screen for those people watching on YouTube. All right, so where do we start in this morass of events taking uh, place? And what are you covering? I, I, I try to keep up on what you're covering. What are you covering right now in the national scene? Um, we've primarily been covering is just the um, – I mean, we're starting to dip a little bit into the uh, the Trump lawsuit um, against the state of California. Um, and, and also really just starting to watch the – Starting to watch how the, in keeping with the narrative that I've discussed on many, many, many occasions about the, uh, the perpetuation of the cultural warfare, uh, with progressives, um, watching now as I, I, I think the, the results of the Trump tax plan starting to take effect. I've had so many people that have called me, have written me, have messaged me saying, I opened up my paycheck. I have a good friend of mine who who called me the third or fourth week in January, and he said, "You know, I just opened up my paycheck, and I, there's an extra sixty-six dollars in there, and so that's an extra hundred and thirty-two dollars a month that he gets, sixty-six dollars per paycheck, and to him that was the biggest blessing he could have gotten." And I think what's happening now is that you're starting to see some of Trump's policies uh, and, and and certainly the, the the tax plan now taking effect. And people are feeling that. You know, the Democrats have promised people for years, for decades, about how they're going to fix things, they're going to make things better, they're going to make America prosperous, that they're going to make people more prosperous. And along comes a guy who was never supposed to win the election. And he's actually done it. And when there's, there's this new term that's circulating in politics now. It's called the kitchen table discussion. And so what are people talking about? when they sit around their kitchen table. Well, certainly they talk about the economy. They talk about money. They talk about their own financial state. And so now you have a policy from Trump that is directly impacting people. And if you want to impact people, if you want to get a reaction out of somebody, you got to hit them where it counts, where it counts for the, for the majority of Americans is in the wallet. Well, what's happening now, I think, is that Dems are starting to get desperate. They're starting to get desperate for the 2018 and the 2020 cycles, and now they're looking at it and they're saying, geez, you know, we're losing our base. Uh, you've got Trump that wants to get rid of all the dreamers. We, we, Trump is true. He was fighting to get rid of DACA. We're, we're losing. I mean, by and large, with the exception of the teachers' unions and the, the human services or social services unions, a lot of the manufacturing unions uh, have, have really they've, they've, they've dropped. They're, they're losing their base. And so what you're starting to see now is this narrative that, well, because high school kids are now so in the favorite terms of the progressives, they're so woke, that somehow they should be involved in the election process. And I want to read a byline from uh, a website, thenation.com, in, in an article that was published on the 23rd of February by John Nichols, Lower the Voting Age to 16. Young people who are smart enough and engaged enough to shape the debate about gun violence are smart enough and engaged enough to vote. So now 18 isn't old enough. You know, you, you voted at 18. Well, now Democrats want to lower that to 16 and 17. But yet an 18-year-old isn't old enough, mature enough, responsible enough to purchase 
and possess an AR-15 rifle. But 16 and 17 year olds are so mature, are so plugged in, are, are, are so engaged enough that they're actually shaping the debate of the, of, of the nation. They should be allowed to vote. And it's amazing to watch Democrats scrambling, trying to add on to the base, which they're really starting to lose in record numbers. This is, it's fascinating to watch this. Keith, it, it really is. And, and the, to see what you just said, you know, uh, them trying to promote this blue wave in this come, upcoming midterm like they know what's already going to happen and it seems like they're putting the the uh, cart before the horse and then you see you know the the turnouts in some of the primaries texas was a, a an example of that um just yesterday i believe or two days ago where um, mm. they they were promoting this guy and uh, on the left who's going to be running against ted cruz yet in the primary cruz gets you know over 600,000 700,000 more votes than the guy and I think it's the, the American people do understand that there's more to this 2018 midterm election than just changing, uh, you know, the, the seats in the House and in the Senate. If the Democrats get the majority, we know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to push for the impeachment of Donald Trump. And I, I hate to say that the American public, uh, you know, should vote along party lines. But the one thing the American public should do, the ones who voted in Donald Trump, should be voting to protect him during this 2018 midterm election. And I do agree with you that the left is is completely disintegrating. They're losing on all fronts, and they're uh, finding ways, like the censorship we're dealing with, uh, to try to make up for the ground that they've lost. Mm-hmm. And, and, and California is a very interesting case study, if you can if you can call it that. Um, you know, in, in NBC, I, and I, I have a, a guest um, regular. I have somebody from Talk Media News that does a regular hit on my show in the morning, and the uh, I don't want to say he was disgraced. He was he was he was whether or not he was fired from his job or he resigned under the threat of being terminated. One of the people that I do a hit with from Talk Media News is um, from the Baltimore. Son, gentleman by the name of Michael Lesker, nice guy, but I mean he's 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 a he's a lefty, and um, we were talking about uh, California and San Francisco, and he said, oh, you know, San Francisco is this beautiful city. I said, well, that's funny because you know San Francisco was just compared to some of the worst slums in the nation because of piles of discarded hypodermic needles and human waste. And he said, well, you know, I don't necessarily read the right wing newspapers that you do. And I said, that comes from NBC Bay Area where NBC now comes out and says, our city, despite $30 million in efforts to try to clean it up, is akin to some of the worst slums in the world because of refuse, discarded drug needles, and humans, uh, uh, piles of human excrement. And so when you look at a city like San Francisco that is in that state, but yet Dianne Feinstein's not radical enough for them, Dianne Feinstein is, is, is most likely not going to wind up back in because she's not radical enough for the progressives that are out there. And, you know, when you had the, the, the Obama-Reed-Pelosi trifecta there, you remember when the Code Pink people were coming out and they were, they were rallying? You know, Obama was a radical. There's no question about it. But, but Obama wasn't a militant radical the way that people like certainly Bill Ayers and, and his sycophants would be. And I, and I really think we're at a point right now where the, the Democrats, at least the radical progressive Democrats that have, have infiltrated, these are the ones that are, that are the, you know, these, I wouldn't even say the, the, the soft social Marxists. These are the hardcore communists. And the next time, God forbid, that the Democrats wind up with a majority, 
they are going to rig the system in such a way that virtually no Republican will ever win again. I firmly believe that. I don't think that's that's conspiracy theory. You know, we, we, we saw this after the election that wasn't supposed to happen. Hillary was going to get this election. Remember what all the drive-bys said. Now it's the race to 270, the race to 270. You had, you know, you, you had MSNBC and CNN that were projecting, you know, 310, 320 electoral college votes. Everything was about the electoral college until the unexpected happened. Donald Trump won. And now what happens? Well, now, oh, the electoral college system is ridiculous. It's antiquated. It was developed by these old, rich, slave-owning white men. We have to purge it because Hillary won the popular vote. So, you know, when it's between having to change the rules. It's like a five-year-old. Ever play a board game with a five-year-old? It's pretty frustrating. You know, generally what you do as an adult is, is you resolve to let the child win. You know, I'm just I'm going to pretend like I'm just going to screw up so egregiously that I'm going to give the child the benefit and the thrill of, of winning the game. But if you don't do that, well, then you start to see the rules. So I'm going to change the rules a little bit. And then if the child still doesn't win, ultimately what happens? Generally, before they storm out of the room, they wind up flipping the checkerboard over in this, you know, very dramatic outburst temper tantrum. And that's exactly what you see the Democrats doing. You saw that with the Democrats after after the, the election of Donald Trump. We've got to purge the electoral college system. We have to imp implement a, a popular vote because Hillary won the popular vote, so we have to change the rules to accommodate that. And now we have to start looking at allowing 16- and 17-year-old children to vote because, well, I mean, clearly, as, as was, was illustrated, they're shaping the national debate on gun control. So clearly, they are, I mean, they are so woke, we've got to plug them in. It's just, you're, you're watching Democrats scrambling right now. And, and the, the desperation is humorous, but by the same token, I think it's also important that anybody that values freedom, that values liberty, that values the Constitution, don't get comfortable. Because if, God forbid, they manage to eke out a win and wind up with a majority, I believe at that point it's over with. I agree. And, you know, this is what they counted on with the election of Hillary Clinton, uh, was that she was going to get elected, and that would be, you know, basically uh, the road to the New World Order, to uh, putting the United States inside of this global government system that we see uh, the European Union and all the countries inside of that moving towards, and the mm -hmm. unexpected happened. Hillary Clinton lost the rigged election, and Donald Trump Trump became president. And now, uh, what we really see is the exposure of the lengths of corruption that went on during the 2016 election, and the covering up of for Hillary Clinton in her criminal matters, as well as the attempted, I'd say, sedition and even treason of of uh, can candidate and now president Donald Trump through the Russia investigation, and mm -hmm. we see how desperate Mueller is. He's not even inside the scope of what he was tasked to do. They're now talking about obstruction of justice and looking into money, money laundering. The only charges that he's brought about are process crimes and other crimes that don't even pertain to Donald Trump and go well be before he even decided to run for president. So mm -hmm. the writing is on the wall, and it's a, it's a matter of, you know, what is, is Trump and Jeff Sessions... And this agenda going to be able to continue to, to to keep the base energized, and do the American people understand enough to make sure that uh, they have to vote this midterms? It's not about the midterms; it's about keeping Donald Trump in office, and I think that's so important to understand. 
Well, you know, it, it's it's interesting. What uh, what brings people? We had a local um, local in my area here. We had a, a state rep seat that just um, it, it well, it, it, I don't want to say it got flipped because it, it wasn't originally a Democrat seat. It was a Democrat that occupied the seat. There was a strong Republican contender, and the seat stayed occupied by a Democrat. Um, and I, I had the, the the chairwoman of the New Hampshire uh, Republican Party uh, over for dinner last week. We were kind of doing a strategy session and talking with a couple of candidates. And, and we were talking about why the, the, the voter turnout in that race was under 20%. And so, you know, one of, the, one of the big questions that comes up is, well, why are, these, why, are these, why are these election turnouts, why are they so low? What is the reason why people don't want to get engaged? And I think, by and large... Because and, and, and I'm not alone in this. I mean, there's there's been a number of of, uh, of sociologists that have looked at this and said, well, you know, why exactly do people uh, wind up, uh, you know, not going out to vote? And ultimately, because in their own mind, when they're doing these cost benefit analysis on, well, what is it going to take to get to the polls? And then what are the what are, ultimately what are the benefits going to be for me? Um, and and it, it oftentimes there's a, a lack of a connection between. What the benefits are going to be, the perceived benefits. You know, I mean, you look at it and you say, okay, well, I'm a strong, educated, intelligent, critically thinking individual with a, with a concrete framework of analysis. So when I walk into a voting booth, I know exactly what I'm doing. But yet some 18 year old dolt who just basically spent 14 days on a pot bender can walk in and with their vote invalidate mine. Now I understand that it's you know it's it's a it's a constitutional right to vote um, that it's a privilege to vote in a free country like this that there are citizens of other countries that oftentimes risk death for the opportunity to cast a ballot and have their voice be heard so it's my duty as a citizen of this country to vote to exercise my right to vote but I also understand that my well-researched, well-intentioned vote could very easily be canceled out by some idiot who can barely muster up enough brain power to stagger into a voting booth. So when you have the average person looking at this and going, well, what difference does it make? Because somebody who is my complete polar opposite is now going to turn around and vote against me or vote against the way that I voted. What is the benefit to me? And I think what we really need to do, and, and I think maybe the, this election cycle, I'm hopeful that this election cycle is going to be a little bit different. Again, because with the number of people that have reached out to me with just elated uh, emotions that they have extra money in their paycheck and they feel better and they feel like the economy is doing better and they feel like once again there's some hope like wow maybe we're going back into the early stages of the 80s where things were good and the economy was bustling and things are going to be good and there's going to be disposable income and the quality of life is going to go back up and maybe America will be made great again but those emotions need to be captured and retained because if you lose touch with that emotion then what's going to motivate you to get out of the Barco lounger, get in the car, and go down to your local precinct and cast your ballot? I think that's what's critical. It's capturing the essence of what people feel and maintaining that. And, yeah, I mean, we're kind of using the same tactic that Democrats do. Democrats love to appeal to people's emotions. But I think people who vote the way that we do, unlike Democrats, yes, we listen to our emotions, but we also have the benefit of critical thinking and an analytical framework to take us just a little bit further from where our emotions leave us. So it's, it's, it's utilizing the emotion, but then also appealing to the higher intellect and saying, okay, if you want to keep this going, you have to become invested in the process.
It's it's not a wasted vote. Well, you know, you talk about energizing the the voters. We talked about this last night with Josh Tully. Uh, unfortunately, in our country, we see this huge, like a popularity contest. We see this huge uh, turnout. I guess you can call it huge turnout with the presidential election versus the local elections, when you can affect the most change locally. And I, and I think Josh put it out. You know, as there's 3,500 counties in the country, you you get control of 1,700 of those counties. And you're on your way to, you know, winning back your nation. What would it take, mm-hmm. Keith, to to make people understand that the most that they can affect change not by voting for president uh, every four years, but by being invested and involved in their local elections first and foremost, and understanding those politics and policies of their local officials to affect the most change? How can we get that message to the American people to where they would be receptive to it and act on that? I think that's the $64,000 question, Joe, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I would encourage your listeners to do is to research, Google um, what's called public choice theory. And there's a fantastic article that was written by Thayer Watkins uh, from the San Jose State University Economics Department. Um, and public choice theory is a, it's a, it's a sociopolitical theory that was developed uh, by two professors to try to explain exactly how public decisions are made. Um, and one of the segments is called the irrationality of voting for the individual. And it, it ultimately what it was is it boils down to a cost-benefit analysis. Um, again, of what am I going to get? What is the direct impact to me? Okay, you know, if, if I tell you that you have a choice, you can either stay home or you can go and vote, but if you stay home, you will perish tomorrow. Well, your motivation is clear. You want to survive. You're going to get up and you're going to go do this. But, of course, the outcome of of an election is not that dire. It's not that immediate. It doesn't have that kind of sting or that kind of impact. It doesn't have the totality of consequence. And so I, I think ultimately, again, what it boils down to is how do you get a person to be motivated to go out and and to do this, to recognize that their vote does actually make a difference. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, I, I personally think, and I've been talking a lot about this, been talking to a lot of political candidates here in, in New Hampshire um, and also in Vermont as well, and, and one of the things I've been talking a lot about is we need to repeal the 17th Amendment. I think that's one of the biggest things, is we need to have the repeal of the 17th Amendment. We need to stop having the citizenry voting in senators. Originally, Mm -hmm. our founding fathers set up this system of government for equal representation. And so the House of Representatives represents the citizenry, and the Senate represents the interests of the states. And so the people vote their, their, their congressmen, congresswomen in, and then, of course, the legislatures for the respective states install the, the, the senators. Um, so I, you know, I, I, it's kind of radical, but the, the repeal of the 17th Amendment and then implementing, I think states, especially like California, should implement their own state electoral college for electing their governors. Because if you had an electoral college in a state like California, you would actually be giving a voice to, uh, to, to all of the northern areas that don't have the population density. I mean, think about California, for example, since we were talking about it earlier. What determines the outcome of California elections? San Francisco, uh, Sacramento, and uh, Los Angeles. Yep. I mean, those are the big three. So y- y- you have this disproportionate amount of people in those cities. Three cities are determining the outcome for that entire state. And so have an electoral college 
based upon, you know, based upon representatives, based upon delegates, and based upon population, and then elect your governors and elect your other representatives via an electoral college system. Radical, but you know what? Again, that's one of the reasons why we have an electoral college system to elect our presidents. We don't use a popular vote. So to take an electoral college system to elect our president, to our chief executive, but then to turn around and do a popular vote for your state governorships, I don't know. I just think I think that's that's counterintuitive. Oh, it is. Absolutely. And, and you're exactly right. It was set up so the the positions of the senators were to be voted in by the state representatives, not the people. So it didn't become a popularity contest. So the best interest of the states and its citizenry were put first and foremost. And unfortunately, you know, we don't have term limits. Uh, we have all these, uh, you know, the, the insider trading laws that Congress and uh, people enrich themselves. People They use these positions of power and influence to enrich themselves and help their friends out. And the American people are always put on the back burner and usually end up uh, footing the bill for these extravagant mm-hmm. and, and expensive tastes of these people. And it has to stop. And the Founding Fathers wrote that once elected officials learned how to enrich themselves on the largesse, the, the mm-hmm. public trough, that was the start of the downfall of the republic. And I, you yes. know, I think we're there. Nancy Pelosi comes out and, you know, now, oh, you know, the, 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 the Trump tax plan is the equivalent of crumbs. Well, you know, maybe the 230, what did I say it was, uh, or $132 that my friend has now extra. Well, I guess when you're Nancy Pelosi and you're worth a hundred million dollars, 132 bucks, yep, that's crumbs. But, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of Marie Antoinette. Oh, <laughs> just let them eat cake. No, you're you're you know, right on the there's, there's such a disconnect here, and 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 you know, spending time in Washington, doing doing, I, I've done a couple of radio rows with the Federation for American Immigration Reform, fantastic organization, lobbying tirelessly to 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 implement immigration reform in this country, and so spending time in the the, the halls of the Capitol building, and spending time at the White House, and spending time in the halls where these decisions are made, these people are treated like royalty, and how far we've come from the original intent where average people, doctors and teachers and farmers and, 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 and fishermen would put down their chalk and their stethoscopes and their, their, their plows and travel to Washington to do a civic duty. It wasn't for the purposes of gaining fame and personal enrichment. It was because this was their civic duty and it was considered a sacred honor to represent other people in this representative democracy, in this constitutional republic that, that is so precious and fragile, and, and, and how far we've come from that. And I think that's, that's what people need. You know, we have a, we, we just appointed a, um, didn't just appoint, but our executive council here uh, at the advice of the, the governor in the state of New Hampshire just appointed a new Supreme Court justice in, uh, in New Hampshire. And one of his things upon taking the bench, he said, would be a focus on returning a sense of understanding of civics to youth in this state. And I, I couldn't tell you how that made my heart leap when I read that, to know that a Supreme Court justice for the Supreme Court of the state of New Hampshire wants to return to the young people in this state a sense of understanding and respect of civics and what our, what our system of government is. That's what we need. I mean, yeah. ask the average person what, you know, what, what, if I have a liberal that calls, and most of the time liberals don't call my show because they know that they're going to get nuked. But if one happens to call, one of, generally one of the first questions that I'm going to ask them is, okay, well, you want to have a discussion about this. 
What type of government do we have? 99% of the time, what do you think they answer with? They say it's a democracy, not a republic. I don't mean to cut you short, but we are at the very last second. Thank you so much for joining us at Real Keith Hansen, the Keith Hansen Show. God bless you, brother. Take care. Bless you too, guys. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. We'll be right back after this short break. And welcome back to our final segment on this Thursday edition of the Hagman Report. We're joined by our guest Sean from SGT Report. You can find him at SGT Report on Twitter as well as SGT Report on YouTube. He's been making waves on YouTube for a long time now with great research and information. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I hope I'm prepared enough. I always try to be prepared when I come on your show. Well, should, should we just stand back and let you go? No, no, no. Let's have a conversation <laughs> because, you know, I was preparing a, a list of things I wanted to talk to you about, and then I checked in on my Twitter, and I just completely went off on another track with these vaccines. I got to tell you, man, uh, we are under, everybody knows, but we are under a full assault by this satanic New World Order, and they are targeting our families, and they've been targeting our economy and our dollar. Uh, Two-parent working homes don't cut it anymore. The middle class is dying, and they're targeting us with these damn vaccines. And the CDC knows the truth. And so that's sort of my right shoot. This is not even where I intended to go tonight. I have a whole other thing I want to talk to you guys about, but I am just so sick to my stomach. I tweeted out today, uh, follow me on Twitter at SGT Report, and I wrote, as a father of kids who suffer from vaccines, I wish we, my wife and I, could rewind time and never allow those kids to get a single jab. And I implore new parents, research the dangers of vaccines, watch the documentary Vaxxed, please educate yourself because ADHD, autism, and Asperger's are lifetime sentences for the parents and for the kids who suffer from those afflictions. And my heart really goes out. I had a reply here I want to share with you guys. This comes from Dana Elizabeth, 1969, on Twitter. Hashtag vax, she writes. I wish I had never had my son vaccinated. He now has autism. It's hell on earth. At CDC whistleblower at Tucker Carlson, at Vaccines Can Cause Harm, she writes, why is Roundup, glyphosate, guys, in vaccines? Glyphosate causes cancer. The autism epidemic is greater than most diseases combined, and there's no help. And she's right. There is no help. And I just, my heart goes out to these people who have kids with full-blown autism, because I have one with Asperger's, and it's so hard when you have a child who you love who can't sustain relationships and make friends because of the damage that I know was done because I was so stupid back when he was a baby. I allowed him to get the vaccines. And at that point, they were still filled with thimerosal, loaded to the gills with the mercury, and the CDC knew, and they still know, and they're allowing these babies to get these shots. I'm just out of my mind angry, which leads me to the segue of where I wanted to open, and I'll turn it back to you guys, but Oprah donated $500,000 to the Florida Students' March. $500,000 for a march? For what? So they can get together and walk in the streets and what? So she can help them make signs? George Clooney did a million. These people are aligned against us. And I want you to remember, remember the good club meeting that Oprah had with her buddies, George Soros, Bill Gates, and Warren Buffett? 
I bookmarked the article, and I don't know where I put it now. Like I said, I wanted to be more prepared here. But I am just fit to be tied because I'm sick and tired of being targeted by these people. And when I say these people, I mean these monsters, some of whom I'm not sure even have souls because I don't know how they sleep at night. Because I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I know we're being targeted with poisonous vaccines, with toxic food, with fluoride in our water, and now with 5G. We are being absolutely targeted for decimation, for depopulation, and I, for one, am sick and tired of it. And everybody who's listening to this better get off off their chairs, get your butt off your chair, and take action, because time is running out. Guys, I'm sorry I'm so fired up, but you have to understand, I have my hands full with four kids, two of, home, two of whom are vaccine damaged, and it takes me a long time. I always try to be prepped for these types of interviews, which takes me out of the game with my family, and we're going through some, through some stuff tonight kind of on the edge of tears here because I'm worn out. And I know a lot of people in this country are worn out. Again, two-parent working homes. Take us away from the kids. The kids are latchkey kids. You don't have enough money to make ends meet. We're all worn out by this system that has been built to defeat us and defeat the family. And I'm sick of it. Uh, I'm We together are right there with you. We are sick of it. We are sick of this crap that's going on. And this, folks, is reality. You've got children. You've got children that are affected, adversely impacted by the garbage. This, this is a planned depopulation. And I'm so sick and tired of these, these, and I'm going to use the word again, the morons. Well, no, you know what? They're not morons. They're, they're, they're evil creatures who have set out to do this intentionally. And then you've got you, okay? I, I can hear it in your voice. I can sense it. I understand what you're going through. And and every and a lot of people listening to this can relate to what you're going through. So you just keep on spilling it and let it go. Talk from your heart because this is what it's all about. This is this is the reality of 2018. Well, look before I move off this vaccines thing because I again I implore any young parent or new parent if you're listening to this, please consider my words to you, my words of experience and my knowledge and my research in this area to be a gift. Because if you have just embarked on maybe the first round of shots or you're lucky enough that your wife is just now pregnant and you haven't had your baby, please, I'm begging you, look into this. Look into Thimersol, which is a mercury-based preservative that has been used for decades in the United States in multi-dose vials of vaccines. And, and I look, think Dr. Ted Brewer calls it thimerosal. That's the same thing. Yeah, so. that's right. Okay. Thimerosal, spelled T-H-I-M-E-R-O-S-A-L. It's mercury. Go and look at the YouTube videos about what mercury does to a brain. And then ask yourself, why is that in the vaccines? And if you're lucky enough <clears throat> to be hearing my voice and you have not yet vaccinated your children, look into it and watch the documentary Vaxxed. Because as that wonderful woman who retweeted or tweeted back to me, Dana Elizabeth 1969 said, her son now has autism. It's hell on earth. And I, too, wonder what, who. I don't want to get, see, <clears throat> I really have tried to maintain some privacy in my life, and so this has never been about me. I don't go out there with my full name. I want to be <clears throat> a civic activist, a political activist, <clears throat> excuse me, and somebody who speaks truth, but I require some level of privacy in my own life because 
this was never going to be for me about cult of personality. It was about the passion for the message. It was about the passion. When I got started in this, guys, it was about speaking up against Dick Cheney and George Bush and Donald Rumsfeld, who took us into illegal wars of aggression based on total lies. They conflated 9-11, and we marched into Iraq. And how many millions of people died as a result of that? And then we went into Afghanistan. How many millions of people are dead because of that? And we're still there. And guess what now? We have an opium problem in this, in this country. Guess where the opium's coming from? I am sick and tired of this. And everybody who's listening, especially if you're a young person, please heed my warning. Because now they've got 5G uh, breathing down our necks here. And I tweeted on Wednesday, our top priority behind exposing Clinton treason, that's Hillary Clinton's treason specifically, Bill's a bad guy too, but Hillary is chief demon of the universe, and Pedogate, we must be exposing the extreme dangers of 5G. And I just interviewed my friend Deborah Tavares for the second time. Her uh, website is stopthecrime.net. And the name of that interview is Kill Grid, 5G Networks, and Frequency Warfare. Have you guys been following the 5G issue? Because it's starting to roll out in earnest, and the plan is absolutely, in my opinion, diabolical. Yeah, I've uh, I've done minimal research on the on the 5G and, and the... Uh, physical, mental, and other effects that it has on people. Well, it's something we really need to have yeah. a much more in-depth study on. And Deborah Tavares is also coming on our show. She's been on before, uh, very informative. But yeah, if you want to give us like a, just a basic outline. And, of, and, and, and yeah, to, and tell us where we can find the video you did on this as well. But go ahead. Yeah, so it's Deborah Tavares, and the name of her website is stopthecrime.net. And, uh, after I interviewed her, I was so moved. By not only her passion and her activism, but her intelligence and articulation uh, of these issues, that I forwarded, forwarded her name and phone number and contact information to your producer, John, and a shout-out to John Robertson, who I know is doing such a great job for you guys and on Twitter. And I'm just so buoyed by the fact that our community, and it really has become a community, both on YouTube uh, and across the sphere, but this truth media space is eating CNN's lunch. Have you guys seen the latest uh, tweet? Who did I see this tweet from today? It'll come to me, but I saw a tweet uh, today, might have been Kim.com, uh, who said that um, the top 25 cable uh, news shows in the top 25, there's only one represented by CNN. Most of the rest is Fox News. There's one or two from MSNBC. Um, there's only one in the top 25, and it's... Um, Anderson Cooper's 360 or whatever, and it's number 21. Nobody is listening to the Mockingbird mainstream CIA media anymore. And you know who's at the head of the pack? you got Sean Hannity, who has become, to a large degree, a truth teller, and Tucker Carlson's number two. So behind those guys, then, you have a bunch of other uh, mostly Mockingbirds, but then you have people in the community that I would describe as the truthers, like you guys and so many others that you have on your show. And I'm so buoyed by the fact that this community exists. But let me um, read this quote from FCC. Uh, Sean, Sean, I just want to say this. I, I, I will take you by the – I will walk with you side by side. We'll walk together. We will fight this fight. We will always stick together. We can win on the numbers. We have to stay together. And, and this is not a pep talk. This is reality because we need to fight the, 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 the crap that is coming against us. It's coming against you. I mean, you're beat up. You're tired. You've had it. We've had it. Look, we we stick together. And I just want to say that, and we're behind you on 100%. Go ahead with your quote on that. Amen. Thanks, Doug. And you know what? Here's the thing. I I am still loaded with energy, and I'm loaded 
with energy for this fight because this is a righteous fight. And so I really wanted to lead tonight with a little bit about Q because I did say in that tweet that our third priority behind exposing Clinton, treason, and Pedogate would be talking about 5G and exposing it. So in that you know spirit, I do want to just read this one tweet from March 6th from Q, which is... Um, it says number 854, but that's on QAnonPosts.com. I'm not sure how they catalog these, but they're chronological. And this post from Q uh, came out on March 6th, and it reads, Is the stage set for a drop of HRC++ RAWVID 5.5? You may have talked about this with other guests, but HRC is Hillary Rodham Clinton. He says, We have it all. The nail in many coffins. Impossible to defend, toxic to those connected. We must work together. That's the part I wanted to share with you guys. We must work together. Those of you who are listening, <clears throat> you are part of the fight. We are fighting for you, Q says. Evil surrounds us all. Dark delight. We have to expose these va vampires. And so this sort of coded, mysterious post from Q, which suggests that they have video of HRC Hillary Rodham Clinton, which you guys will recall the NYPD insiders said they saw video on Wiener's laptop that brought grown men to cry. And so the inference was that it was allegedly Hillary and possibly Huma, but Hillary specifically involved in an activity that brought grown men to cry. Now, I guess I don't know exactly what that activity might be, but given the allegations of Pizzagate and Pedogate and child sex trafficking in Haiti, which now Q is posting about almost daily, look into the Clinton Foundation, look into Laura Silsby, look into the known, on-the-record trafficking of children out of Haiti after the earthquake, earthquake when Laura Silsby was caught at the border trying to traffic out 33 children, and she got busted, who came to her aid, the Clintons, Clinton Foundation, this stuff is known and on the board. So if there is a God in heaven, and I know there is, then may that video please be released as soon as possible. I think this stuff with Q is extremely important, and so does Jerome Corsi. So I just wanted to mention that, guys, because, again, number one priority for me, exposing Hillary Clinton, DNC, treason and corruption, and probably their likely involvement in the murder of Seth Rich, the WikiLeaks whistleblower, according to Kim.com, who Robert Mueller refuses to talk to, even though Kim.com and his lawyers have reached out now twice officially. He says he has information about who the leaker was, and then he has basically come right out and explicitly stated that it was Seth Rich and he knows it, and Robert Mueller will not have the conversation with Kim.com. Question, why? Why? Because this whole system is now set up to target our sitting president, who is the last stop defense between us and abs absolute communist despotism. So that's what's going on. Clinton treason number one, pedogate number two, and 5G number three. FCC Tom Wheeler said, quote, There are 200,000 cell towers in the United States, but there may be millions of small cell sites in the 5G future. And boy, was he foaming at the mouth when he said that. They don't want to do the studies about the health-related issues with 5G. The studies that have been done, they don't want to release. This whole thing is being steamrolled ahead. It's been fast-tracked. And now these systems are rolling out in communities near you. I want to play this clip. 5G and transhumanism. You can find this on YouTube from airplanetruth.info. I posted this at my site, thephaser.com. 
The name of the video is 5G and Transhumanism. Your life will never be your own again. Guys, do you want to hear this? It goes, let's see, yes. 112 to 240. It's about a minute 15. Here it comes. Yes. Let me know if you don't hear this uh, right away. Here it comes. So this is the Internet of Things. It's going to be radiating from everywhere. You're not going to want to be in a near city. You're not going to want to be your nearest suburb. And it's going to be slow broiling us. These things Sean, the so volume's a little low. Oil us. We are yeah, it sounds low to me, it's too. Let me see if I can... about the Internet of Things, which is... Uh, I'm very familiar with the Internet of Things. It is uh, the plan to connect every and anything to the Internet, whether it's your Fitbits to your toaster, uh, your yeah. shoes to your front door, and everything and ship in between. It ship everything as well. Now, if I yeah. play this again, I tried to boost the volume on my side. Can you guys also we, boost the volume on yeah, your side? Yeah, we got Eric the Tech at the ready here. Go ahead and... Go ahead. Thank you. Here, here it comes again. I rebooted it here. Um, I've got this Mac laptop. I swear, if you just accidentally, <laughs> here, if you just tweak this this mouse pad and it goes crazy. Here it comes. Yeah, 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 I know, this I know. Is the Internet of Things is going to be radiating from everywhere. You're not going to want to be in a near city. You're not going to want to be your nearest suburb. And it's going to be slow broiling us. These things have so much radiation they can boil us. We are basically water beings. It can heat us up and fry us. And they're opening up a huge electronic magnetic spectrum as well in milliliter, millimeters, really, really tiny microwaves. So we went from the 1G, 2G, 4G, but the 5G is so much more. They make it sound like it's just the next step. No, it's 2,000% more radiation than the previous 4G. It's going to give everybody cancer, but more than that, it's ultimate control of us, as we'll get into in a little bit, and everything's connected to the Internet of Things. And here you see how the build-out is going towards the acclaimed 5G in 2020, but it's already being installed in many areas around the world today. And it's all about big brother control, cyborg cyborging, transhumanism. And as I said, the only way to stop the madness is for people to rise up. Here's some flyers they made to stop it from passing in California, but that didn't make any difference. We have to stop them from installing them right now. Or if we don't, once they get the antennas up, they can add anything that they want. These are going to be 50 to 100 feet to 300 feet from everybody's homes. They're putting in millions of them with hundreds of tiny small cells in each box. It's going to be radiation central. I'll pause it there. That was my out on that is radiation central. Were you guys able to hear that at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 2,000 right. times more radiation than the 4G. And the 5G system is already in place. Can, can we take a baseball what? bat to these things? What? I mean, yeah, what do we need well, to do? Yeah, that's. Uh, and they're starting to roll them out, I guess, in San Jose and other places. So let me just now jump to somebody who I think is the expert in this arena, which is Deborah Tavares, who I just interviewed. This is a clip from my interview that I just posted tonight at SGT Report on YouTube. It's called Kill Grid, 5G Networks, and Frequency Warfare. Let me just play this clip here before we're out of time. This goes from uh, the 630 mark in my interview to the 810 mark. So... Um, not quite two minutes, about a minute and a half. Here it comes. They tell us that international, national, and California laws, because these are inserts in our bills, are unable to um, define whether the frequencies are safe or not safe. And this remains the circumstances of the findings to date. So they're telling us it is still uncertain. They use the word uncertainty. You can download this again at the top of stopthecrime.net. You're likely getting these in your bills. People do not read the inserts. We know that uh, the evil doers 
are required, it's a code of ethics, that they must let us know what they're doing in advance. So what else is happening now? We've just found out recently that the World Health Organization has identified uh, 5G as an addiction. Video gaming is now an addiction and a mental disorder of which um, drugs are now going to be implemented and this is going to be classified in the International Classification of Diseases which is a, a publication that's due out this year. It's um, updated every so many uh, years and it will include gaming disorder as a serious health condition and yet they're telling us that the 5G is necessary so we can connect to the Internet of Things but yet, it is addiction. But but worse than that, this is elimination of people. Okay, if you go on and listen to that entire interview, you discover that she firmly believes, and I guess I do too, I don't have any reason to doubt her at this point, given all of the other evidence I've already cited in this interview, of the nature of these people who are targeting humanity. She believes 5G is a depopulation instrument. And that is what it will be used for ultimately. While they make money on us, because of course, we need the internet. And the big bragging part here, I guess, they're, the reason they're doing this, they say, is because we all need faster internet. I don't know about you guys, but my smart, my smartphone, which I despise, works just fine. My Wi-Fi at home works just fine. I don't need 5G. So, what is really, really going on here? And why do they need to put these things 80, 100 feet outside of people's homes? These are going to be cooking devices. The frequencies that they're using, uh, according to Deborah, are military in nature and anti-human in practice. These are not safe frequencies, which is probably why the FCC doesn't want any of the health studies done or any of the information from the studies that have been done to be released. It's coming to well, a neighborhood is, near you, by the way. And this is something that, how, I mean, how do you fight against this when, you know, it, it's being basically done covertly? Yes, you have people like yourself and others who are doing, who are ringing the alarm and, and doing the research on this. Uh, we just got an email that says uh, Rick Wiles has been um, talking about the 5G as well. And, I mean, how how do you fight this? It's going to take, what, how long to prove that this is a cause of cancer uh, just like, you know, anything else the government does. They, they put out cigarettes 50 years later. Cigarettes now are bad and they cause cancer. You have to have warning labels on it. By the time we get to that point with 5G, from what I understand you're saying, it's going to be too late. Well, all right, look, here's the other thing. I First of all, I don't know how we fight this short of getting into some sort of, look, I, can't, I don't even want to say it on the air because... You all can read between the lines what needs yeah. to happen if they put these things up and they're designed to kill people. They need to come down. So yeah, absolutely. If we can't fight these things legally, and according to Deborah, this has all been fast-tracked. Even the city councils are in on it to the degree that they don't represent the people anymore. And even where these things have been fought by the people in California, up they go anyway. I don't know what the answer is, but you guys should get Deborah on as soon as possible. And if you gave her three hours, it would be you know time well spent. Give her the whole show. But you guys remember the Deagle.com prediction, right? She's yep. spoken with that founder of Deagle.com. That's no joke. They're estimating that by 2025... Deagle.com is projecting a U.S. population of 65 to 70 million people. Does anybody care to do the math on that? There's over 300 million people in this country now. And then he goes through in the Deagle.com 
stats, and he talks about what's happening in other countries. And the, the, the projections are not good here, folks. And I just want to say again, thank God in heaven that Hillary, communist, Rothschild, Marxist, evil to the bone Clinton is not in the White House. Because if she would, all of this stuff would have been fast track times 10. And I think those of us who are speaking truth would probably already have been rounded up. And by the way, Q has also spoken about that as it pertains to Hillary. If Hillary had won, dot, 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 hell on earth. And I recently did a video, The Enemy is, is Inside the Gates, in which I talk about the weather underground and the fact that they talked about rounding up 25 million Americans who couldn't be re-educated into the you know, beauty of communism. Rounding those yep. people out and exterminating them. This is on-the-record stuff. This is not tinfoil hat. This is not conspiracy theory. This is not Sean from SGT Report talking out of his ASS. This is hardcore quantifiable fact. Okay. And we had Larry Grafwald on, who was a friend well, of the show. Well, there you go. That's that's yeah. what I'm quoting. That was Larry Grafwald. One of, who one of his last uh, interviews, yep. So yep. that's what's happening here. And this 5G network, I'm not saying this is the master plan. I'm not saying this is the coup d'etat. I'm not saying this is the only thing they're targeting, with a, uh, targeting us with. But it's a damn important thing that we all need to be focusing on. And asking why they're doing this if we know it has the potential to hurt us. Why are they doing it? Well said, uh, Sean. We are so interested in your um, in your uh, investigative work, your investigative findings. Please uh, let's drive home the point where they can find your intellectual work products, your investigative reports. All right, thank you very much. I appreciate your time, you guys. And I just want to say this: there's another important piece of information shared in that Deborah interview on my channel. It's titled "Killgrid 5G Networks." You find it at SGT Report on YouTube. Go to 1756 in that interview and learn about. Cinemix. What is Cinemix? It is a sweetener. Cinemix, by the way, is the name of the company, who makes a sweetener used in, you won't even believe how many products this is used in already, that contains the aborted fetal tissue of babies. So that now they're feeding ourselves to us. And if you know anything about mad cow disease, that's not great for our brains. So learn about that. Go to my video. Watch it. The point 17 minutes, 56 seconds in. Learn about Cinemax. You guys can find me at sgtreport.com. You can find me on YouTube as SGT Report. You can find me on Twitter at SGT Report. And please check out my sister sites, thephaser.com and thelibertymill.com. And I want to thank you guys for all you do. Man, I'm going to tell you something, Sean. Uh, your time with us is always too short. You're just a... Incredible wealth of information. We we do have. I was looking at the clock. Uh, we do have a couple, about two minutes left. But uh, about the Hillary Clinton, and I know it's jumping around here, and I apologize. But Hillary Clinton, New York City. Look, I, I spoke with a member of the task force. I went in and, and saw what what you referenced. Um, your thoughts on, on on perhaps when, if and when this information might come out, based on Q as well as the other stuff well I, I follow Jerome Corsi closely mm -hmm. and he and he believes this will all really be wrapped up between now and November but look do you guys remember this wonderful speech by Dana Lash at uh, CPAC this year yep. in which yep. she dismantled the NRA and she talked I was so proud of her and she was so passionate and she's so smart and on, on point and she said we will not be gaslighted into believing that what happened in Parkland is our fault because the background checks aren't being done, because states aren't doing their job, because the FBI dropped the ball, blah, blah, blah. 
We will not be gaslighted into believing we're crazy about Pizzagate and Pedogate when we read the WikiLeaks John Podesta emails and when we know about the Clinton Foundation child trafficking and when we have heard that the NYPD themselves has seen videos so horrific it brought grown men to tears in New York, in New York City NYPD uh, on that wiener laptop. So we will not be gaslighted into believing that we're crazy and that all of this is easily dismissed. Because you'll now see that the mainstream media targets this Q conversation, suggesting we're all nuts. Pizzagate, we're all nuts. Clinton treason, we're all nuts. Uranium One, no problem. Clinton private server in Chappaqua, no problem. We're nuts. Mueller won't talk to Kim.com, we're nuts. We are not nuts. We are the sane among us. And if you hear anger and sadness in my voice tonight, it's because I am sane. It would be a lot easier to have my head in the sand. And so when they're going to release that video, I don't know, guys, but I pray to God they do it because those of us who have been telling the truth and know how horrific these satanic human beings are that are targeting us, we really need that video to be released because hopefully it will wake up the rest of the population in droves. Yes, it would and, and if there it, it is. is there and if it is released. And it is there. Sean from SGT Report. Go to YouTube, subscribe to SGT Report, or find him on Twitter at SGT Report. Sean, you keep up the great work and the great research product. We thank you so much for taking the time out to join us tonight. Doug and Joe, thank you so much, too. God bless. Hey, hug your children for us, okay? God bless Amen. you, too. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for us tonight. Until tomorrow. Have a great evening.